Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you. So enjoy those on us in freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Again, freetalklive.com. All the stuff there free. And the brand new Free Talk Live 2.0, which is where we get a lot of our show prep from. Right there on the front page of our website, you can log in. You can add news items. You can add blog posts. You can add video. Whatever it is you think might be interesting to our audience, uh, you can add it to the website. And then uh, it, it starts with one vote. And then other people will uh, see it, hopefully, and like it, and then they can vote it up, or they can vote it down. And you can do the same thing with all the other stories on the site. So depending on how people vote on whatever's there will determine uh, what is on the front page, what stories appear uh, on the front page of the site. And so I've actually got a couple uh, couple of news items from freetalklive.com to to uh, to share with you here on the program tonight. But it's good to be back. I was out for a couple of days, and Mark, you and Gardner Goldsmith uh, held down the fort and uh, as best we could talked to all kinds of interesting folks from the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which happened over this uh, this past weekend. Which I got to attend a couple of the uh, the days. I was there for Thursday evening and came back late Saturday night, just in time for the party on Saturday night. You missed was... the arrests. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, you it was so that. amazing. I wish I could have been there for it. You interviewed somebody who was on the scene on Saturday night, so if you want to get a lot of detail, you can go and listen back to that. But there was one important point, I think, that deserved correcting. Uh, He mentioned, and I I imagine he just got caught up in the confusion of the event because there was a lot going on down there. I've seen some of the video footage. You can actually see the video footage at freekeen.com. Whatever footage has been released, I think almost all of it is up at freekeen.com. Uh, but it's it was just a crazy situation with something like 20 police officers, multiple police cars, 100 activists, and three people were arrested. One was a local non-activist, just somebody who was hanging out and uh, smoking out in the park. It was one of the uh, infamous 420 celebrations. And he was arrested, apparently because he's black. Uh, most of the, uh, the crowd... It was- may not be... Um- that, you know, that it's a jumping in conclusion, right? They they picked that guy out of the crowd. He was one of very, very, very few yeah. black people around. I, I think that uh, there might have been, you know, Tennyson and another guy maybe uh, lurking about, but, uh, you know, not very many. And they, and they knew this guy. Now, you could say that, right. They also probably targeted him to some extent because they knew who he was and they knew he wasn't an activist. And also so that they, he wouldn't do, you know, act violently. It was a crowd of uh, people with uh, that were open carrying. So, so, you know, maybe they were. Scared or whatever. I don't know. That's possible, but I, I think it's probably more likely that they they know the cops in New Hampshire are well aware that See, free staters exist. And this they is know why we shouldn't speculate. They picked. He was one of very few black people at the event. They picked him out of the crowd. Right. Well, I like to speculate. Uh, <laughs> so the, the the government people here in New Hampshire are very well aware that free staters exist. They talk to one another. So even if they're in an they're area, they're listed as a as a gang, as I understand it, at least in, in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. So so they uh, they they discuss these things. They talk about the things that happen with the free staters in the courtrooms, and they they're a fairly close knit group. The government bureaucrats. So even though the Nashua PD 
hasn't ever had to deal with a 420 celebration prior to Saturday. Uh, they, I'm sure, were well aware of what was going on in Keene and in Manchester and in other places where the celebrations have occurred. And so they decided they were going to have a little show of force and crack down hard. Yeah, uh, those those guys in Manchester can't handle these free staters, but we'll show them how we do it here in Nashua. <laughs> they, uh, they cracked down pretty hard. And they sent out pretty much the entire squad. Uh, whoever was on duty, yep. they were all there. If anybody was actually committing a crime in Nashua, New Hampshire on Saturday yep. afternoon, they got away with it. And during the insinu- uh, the ensuing confusion and arrests, uh, David Cruz, one of the keen activists who was out there, sat down in front of the police car after they arrested the uh, the young black dude who was uh, hanging out with us. Uh, he's just a the 17. He was a 17 year old kind of regular Nashuaite, and the police targeted him. So David, in a show of support, and a number of other activists, I think Lauren Canario was also doing it, uh, stood in front of the police car to prevent their exit from their haste. They attempted a hasty exit from the scene, uh, but it became not so hasty after David decided to stand in front of the car. They demanded the activists step away. And apparently most of them slowly did once they reached their point at which they weren't willing to uh, to go beyond. But David stayed. He did not leave. And so they proceeded to arrest him. It was told on Saturday night on this program that he was pepper sprayed. That was not true. David was not pepper sprayed. However, they did absolutely threaten him with pepper spray. The police officer pulls a can of pepper spray out, reaches down, puts it in front of David's face. And that's when he demanded uh, whatever level of compliance he was demanding from him. So uh, it was absolutely used as a threat to uh, to gain compliance. And I have no doubt that they would have uh, would have used it on him sh- should he have not gone along with I them. I can't imagine why they point. wouldn't have. So very thuggish behavior on the part of these cops. They then arrested a young lady, Catherine Bleich, who we've had on this program before uh, from the Liberty Restoration Project. She was arrested for basically for uh, videotaping. Yeah, I guess she. I mean, she stepped I, out out from the crowd basically, so they were more easy uh, she was, to target. She was her. conspicuous and noisy, yeah. as I understand it. But uh, you know, that, that that's you're essentially right. The uh, again, the video footage is up over at freekeen.com, and the, Sam, I know from obscuretruth.com, is working diligently uh, today on the fi- putting some finishing touches on his presentation, which we saw. Mark, were you there for the preview of that this weekend? No. Okay, I saw the preview, uh, the rough cut, if you will, and it's very, very good. So the it's just a it was an amazing weekend because the next day we went back. The next day we went to the very. Yeah, this is the one place. thing that you know the the, the, the Nashville cops say is <laughs> we drug some off to jail. We showed this them is, kids. This is the part that they don't get is this is exactly what these liberty activists want. They no, I want. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, some I, of them I, they might. want a free society. They understand. They believe that the way you get to a free society is through civil disobedience. They want therefore some. to act in, in civil in a, in a civil disobedience fashion. What did you go there for, Ian? I went there to show uh, support for my uh, my fellow activists well, and to participate. Um, you didn't think that there was going to be any action? I thought there might very well be right. some action. Okay. And I so, had the intention of uh, uh, sitting in front of a police car. Right. See, this is what I'm talking about. Is You, you know, I mean, you're, you're, what you're doing is they're throwing out the bait that these people want. So, um, fortunately, you know, the Nashua cops learned their lesson. They didn't they go didn't in back. with the show of force because they would have just created more problems. They drove by a few times, so they certainly knew that we were there, and they did not uh, take any uh, any adverse actions yeah. yesterday. So it was great. And there were not 
there were 65 people in the park at one point in time. I stood back. Stood up so it was a smaller some, crowd than the day yeah, before. Yeah, a smaller crowd, uh, but still lots of signs, lots of happy people, a whole lot of positive response. And it's my understanding there was a lot of positive response on Saturday as well. Uh, but yesterday when I was there, lots of horn honks, lots of waves, lots of shout outs from people driving by. In fact, there was even a story on uh, Saturday during the Saturday protest. I don't know if you heard about this, but at one point, one of the activists ran out to the street. There was some guy on a motorcycle sitting at the stoplight who was indicating support. One of the activists runs out with a bong and uh, hands it to the guy on the motorcycle. He takes a rip from the bong right there on his motorcycle, hands it back, and then continues on his way. How no. awesome is that? I, uh, I'm i not going to call that awesome. <laughs> I am, however, um, do see why somebody else might call it awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the statistics show that uh, marijuana smokers are not uh, any worse drivers than sober uh, sober drivers. In fact, statistics show that uh, marijuana drivers are actually a little bit better drivers. You're not going to go anywhere in life ba- backing up and advocating for stoned drivers. Nowhere. Yeah, well, Nowhere. Was, the numbers are the numbers. The numbers Mark. are I mean, the numbers, but you're not going to go anywhere. Like that's yeah. that's the that's the the line that people aren't going to cross. People but that are would not going to say right? that it's I mean, okay for people to smoke pot and drive. People are not going to say that it's okay for yeah. people to smoke pot while pregnant. They're just not going to they're not going to do that. Sure, sure, but that's the concern, right? When you hear about the guy on the bike uh, taking a rip off a bong and and driving on, the concern is, my God, he's high and driving, but it's really not a big deal. It would be a big deal if it were your first time getting high off of marijuana and any, you drove. Any indication that it wasn't? Get His any proof? first time. Get any proof? <laughs> How many people who haven't smoked pot before would Are you saying a guy moment? running out in the middle of the street with a bong in his hand isn't peer pressure? 1-800-259. You cannot advocate this. He's not a peer. Back he's off a stranger. Right now. Back he's off a, of he's it. He's a stranger. He's Back not a peer. He's some random guy with a bong. Say, More coming say up. It's unacceptable. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including various different ways to listen and uh, and interact with the program. You can listen in by going to listen.freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well, plus a webcam and our listen lines, which allow you to tune in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go and get all the details at listen.freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching your special child about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to Jack all the time. It's kind of like Rothbard meets Dr. Seuss. Now, Ian, I uh, showed you a, a child's book. I believe it was called... Oh, the I don't know. Silver the, Fish or something. Yeah, the like Fancy that. Fish or something. Here, I've got it right here. It's, it's called the Rainbow Silver Fish. Fish, by the way. It's, it's the, it's, uh, is that a bug, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah this from is, Florida. I don't think they're, they live up here. This is the Rainbow Fish, is okay. it. Okay. And, um, you know, what, what messages did you get out of that book? 
uh, share and you'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. Give your stuff away to other people and you'll and that will make you happy and make them like you. And b- children's books are full of this collectivist garbage um, out there. And I've you know I, I brought a few of them, a few of Jacks in to show you over time just how silly these things are. But uh, an island called Liberty. Why, now, why would you read that to, to Jack? Why would I read it to Not him? Not Island Called Liberty, but the, the socialist They're given um, to me and their stories, right? I mean, do but aren't you, you worried that that's going to do I, damage? I talk to him. You know, I tell him, when I talk to him, I say that, you know, I, I tell him things about the book. I see. You okay. can't make people like you by giving stuff away. And if you want to give, um, if you want people to like you for that reason, is that a good reason to, for them to like you? No, absolutely not. Right. So, you know, I, okay. I talk to him. I don't know that, I don't know what he knows and what he understands and what yeah. he doesn't. But, um, you know, I figure that I'm not going to try to, the things you try to keep from people are the things that they're going to, you know, want the most. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, if you uh, have a special child in your life, uh, whether it be a uh, you know, little brother or a nephew or child of your own, go to freemarketunderdog.com and you can see some samples and order today an island called Liberty at Free Market Underdog today. I use I read this book to Jack. It's great. Freemarketunderdog.com. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are welcome to bring up absolutely anything. Uh, let's see. Any other weekend recaps, highlights that uh, that we should share? The Liberty Forum, the 2010 Liberty Forum, fourth one ever. Uh, tremendous success. Sold hundreds of tickets. I can't tell you how tickets. much fun these things are. Hundreds uh, of people were there. Yeah, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people were there. Like over 500. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I just can't tell you how much fun these are. There are, not only are there is the speechifying and the speechifying is great. I got to see Dr. David Friedman give his speech. David Friedman, uh, the doctor, give his. He's not a give, doctor, but he is a doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, give his uh, speech on uh, market failure, and I thought it was awesome. Um, I got you know I got to see so many of them. Um, they were great, and you know the parties at night are. I, you know, I don't didn't like beforehand how you were plugging them. You know, oh yeah, it's all about parties, but it really is a lot of fun. You get to hang out with people, have a few beers, and talk about you know the things that uh, that are important to you. That's where liberty. You know, yeah. Hey, the fact is that's, that's where the bonding goes. That's how human beings bond is they inebriate themselves a little bit and uh, you know I was break the, down the barriers. I was at the, the Alt Expo. Um, they every evening. This would, is the alternative yeah. uh, convention that goes on at the same time in the same hotel. Right, and it's great. Um, and I went there for several speeches too, especially the energy saving one I really thought was awesome. And they were they were selling beers for three dollars, you know, just just beers. And that's a way to hey, raise that's money. illegal. Raising money for, uh, you know, the room or whatever. I don't think they care. They care much about whether no. it's legal or not. And, you know, the, the all the agorist guys were hanging out in there and it was three rooms set up in a suite situation. Right. So all the mid doors were yep. open between the rooms. You could just go back and forth. Uh, David Friedman was sitting there. He was holding court and several of the other guys, Scott Beezer from BigHeadPress.com. He was there, had people, you know, he was selling his magazines and talking to people and it was just awesome ain't no party like an anarchist party no doubt no doubt so (laughs) if you missed out don't worry there will be another one liberty forum 2011 there are no dates that have been announced yet but you can count on it uh happening and also coming up uh the porcupine freedom festival is scheduled just what three months from now so that'll be another opportunity to get together with like-minded, liberty-oriented people. And it wasn't just anarchists or voluntarists no. or agorists. Uh, there Some was people a large... may, have, may really have wanted uh, it to be an only, uh, you know, that, that crowd. But There's a large amount of minarchists and small sure. government types there, yeah, too. The, the, you know, the, the Oath Keepers were there. It was, you know, it's, yeah. it's a big tent situation and an opportunity for everybody to learn from everybody else. Right. So uh, great, great experience, good time. I was so jealous 
when I was sitting at the uh, the Talkers convention, which was also very good. It was well worth uh, me going down there. I went to the uh, the radio convention that our listeners, our amplifiers, the Free Talk Live amplifiers, which you can become one at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, they send us three bucks a month in order to get some perks and to help advertise, market, and promote the show. And so one of the ways we market and promote the show is by going to the uh, the talk radio convention every year that Talkers Magazine puts on. This year was the 13th annual. And uh, we've been to eight of them. No, no, five. Five of them. I believe. Sorry. I believe five. Okay. Because um, I think we started in 2006. Yeah, I got confused there for a second. Eight less five. 13. So, uh, so for me, it was a great experience. And you were, of course, uh, you had to stay at the Liberty Forum to do the show and you know do the appearance thing at the Liberty Forum. I went down to New York City uh, early Friday morning and uh, made my appearance at the Talkers Convention, which went very well. Being our fifth year attending, it's so much easier now than it was the first time. Now, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a veteran attendee, but I'm certainly becoming more established uh, as a regular as a face that's kind of expected to be seen, basically. And the, uh, the the good folks over at Talkers Magazine, thanks so much to them for inviting me to actually participate uh, as part of the actual convention uh, schedule. I was on the very last session, so the entire thing had gone by, everybody was still there, and they had the one more panel discussion about the state and future of talk radio. And I thought, why did they invite me to this? I mean, I, I'm not even working for a radio station. I, I've got 68 stations that carry the show, but I mean, I'm not even technically working for a radio station uh, these days. I guess it's because they thought my opinion would be valuable. And I have to say, I, I really had a good time. It was my favorite appearance yet. Last year, I was given the opportunity to give a three-minute uh, introductory speech at uh, talkers and i mm-hmm. think i did a lot better this year because i just i just don't like giving speeches yeah i know the i know the feeling um i have to you know what at the liberty forum i have to go up and introduce people i i, I offer my services to introduce people mm-hmm. and uh, you know i'm not used to speaking up in front of people but i have no problem answering questions and interacting in that way so it's not the problem being in front of people it doesn't that's not what bothers me it's kind of like you know the the you know coming up with something to say i i've never been you know never done much emceeing right and you have to you know if you're you're given a speech, you have to practice yeah, the speech, the speech even if you more want so. it to be good. Uh, whereas if it's just a question that's thrown at me, I can just answer off the cuff, and and that's what I did. I told the or the radio people what they really needed to hear. Now, whether they're going to listen and do anything about it is another another question. But in the very beginning, I pointed out to them, because, again, we're talking about how the industry is and how it will be. And there's a lot of doom and gloom out there for radio. There's Within the industry, there are a lot of people that... Oh, God, the iPods are going to kill radio. And kind of like how they thought when TV came out that TV was going to kill radio, right? It didn't. Um, But nonetheless, there's a lot of doom and gloom. And so I went up there to kind of acknowledge that, but also give them something to look forward to. And that is I pointed out to them that, you know, the reason why things are so difficult for talk radio now is because, and radio in general, is because they've never really had to compete before. I mean, if you think about it, this is really the first time in the history of radio that they've had any significant level of audio competition. I'll explain in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. 
Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes. Fish keeps your heart strong. And how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, including various different ways for you to be kept up to date with the show. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our emailed updates. Join our Twitter profile, become a fan of our Facebook page, do one, do two, do all three, whatever works best for you. Uh, go to shr- uh, excuse me, news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. We were talking about the uh, Liberty Forum uh, in the last segment, and another person who was hanging out at Liberty Forum was uh, Taryn Lupo, who does the LCL Report at lclreport.com. He was interviewing all kinds of folks. And uh, you can go check out his interviews at lclreport.com. He's got a uh, YouTube channel, and he you know, does some great stuff, lclreport.com. All right, so uh, still just kind of recapping here. I, I, you're always welcome to call in, bring up whatever you want. Plus, coming up, uh, we've got uh, different stories of interest to share with you, including police, since I was just in New York City, police who have visited, they use the term visited, in this story, but they're not very nice visits. An elderly Brooklyn's couple, uh, Brooklyn yes, couple's home at least 50 times. So we'll explain what that's all about here. But just kind of recapping our weekend, it was so busy and so much fun. Of course, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum has happened. I understand that videos of the events and videos of the speeches and stuff like that will be available uh, down the line. Freestateproject.org will be the place to go and get that. But I was talking about uh, my appearance in front of the talk radio industry, the talk radio uh, talkers magazine. Did you shave? Seminar. I did shave. Yeah, shave. that's good. Your appearance—that's it's important for your appearance. Yes, I shaved, but I was also wearing a short sleeves uh, free talk light bowling shirt. God, <laughs> I was all dressy the night before, though. I came all dressy. Did yeah. you did you iron your shirt? I had my khakis and I did not iron the shirt. No, God, had, had my khakis <laughs> and my long sleeve black very. It didn't need ironing. It wasn't wrinkly. <laughs> all right, man. It was fine. People still came up and talked to me. Yeah. Anyway, so I appeared on this panel, the state and future of talk radio. Now, that's not the state as in the government. That's the state as in how things are uh, and the future of talk radio. And so I was there and I told them uh, what they needed to hear, whether they will pay attention is another question. But I explained to them the reason why radio is having such a tough time. And it is, you know, the, the, of course, newspapers are having a much uh, more difficult time, but uh, radio's down a bit. Nonetheless, uh, I I told them that the reason why is because they've never had to deal with competition before. 20 years ago, if you were in radio, your competition, if you were in talk radio specifically, your competition was pretty much the other talk station. In whatever market you you were in, you had the other FCC-licensed talk station, the guy across town. That was your competition. Now, hey, it was something. At least, at least there wasn't one radio station for any given uh, geographic area. So there was some level of competition, but it wasn't real competition. It wasn't real free market competition. It wasn't competition in that anybody who had the, uh, the available capital could come into the game and compete. That wasn't possible. It still isn't possible. 
unless you're ready to uh, open up a pirate radio transmitter and are prepared to have the FCC down the down the line. It takes them a while to figure this stuff out. In fact, in many cases, it takes years uh, for them to bust a pirate transmitter. But ex- you'd have to expect that you'd lose all your equipment in an FCC raid, and that's one of the things that prevents most people from starting their own pirate radio station or community radio station. So because most people aren't willing to risk that kind of uh, police raid, there's very limited competition in uh, the radio business. Cue the 21st century and the Internet and Internet-delivered audio, streaming, podcasts, of course, came out halfway through the century. I think it was around 2005 when podcasts hit the scene. Of course, MP3 downloads have been available for a long time, but podcasts is a new delivery system for MP3 files. It makes it easier for people to subscribe to uh, a feed of MP3s. And so it's just easier than ever now for people to get the talk content. That and I'm, I'm leaving aside music and music radio because they're dying even fa- – I mean, music radio is having a real tough I time. can't imagine in the uh, you know why young kids uh, – you know, I – I have music radio on in the car sometimes because I've, for whatever reason, I'm not listening to talk radio, and uh, you know I don't want to spend the time getting collecting CDs or anything like that. But kids tend to like music a lot more than adults. That's mm-hmm, my experience. Yeah. I certainly thought it was very important when I was younger, and not uh, you know it lost its important to me over, over importance to me over time. But I can't see in, why in the world a young kid would listen to the radio and 12 minutes of ads per hour. When they've got their iPod? I yeah, mean, when they can put unlikely. their specialty music. And, and as I can, as far as I can tell, music's getting more fractalized, more specialty, not less. Different genres, time. that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that... And they're not represented. Those, uh, those no. fractions, those subgenres are not represented. There isn't a Screamo station. And I don't, even, I don't entirely know what Screamo is. Yeah. But I've heard the term <laughs> and I understand that there isn't a Screamo station. And... Uh, uh, you know these, the, uh, you know these kids can't feel served by this, so they're going to go and they're going to get their screamo bands from all over. They're going to talk to the their you know people online at Facebook and stuff and find out the the very best and very latest screamo bands, and they're going to download them onto their screamo iPod with the you know with their little screamo band right there, uh, laser printed right on the iPod because mm. you can get that done too. Whatever it is they want to do, they don't have to deal with your radio station. The claim was uh, made at the convention that young people are still listening to the radio. I found it pretty unbelievable. They Um, they may listen. um, But how long they're listening is another question. And really, so I told these folks, you know, you've got to get on the top of your game if you want to be able to compete. Because now you have to compete. Now you've got an advantage You've got the incumbency advantage, if you will, because radio has been around a long time. The 90 plus percent of the American public listens to the radio, uh, 50 percent. There's significant listenership to the radio still today. So they've got this kind of built in base of people that it's really they're pretty much their challenge to retain. And I think to some extent, it's also their challenge to recruit these young people that aren't really using radio, that are primarily using Pandora on the Internet and, and their iPods and things like that. So they've got to do something. They've got to if they want the, if they don't want those numbers to continue to dwindle, because it may be true that young people are still using radio. But if they don't want those numbers to keep dwindling year after year, they're going to have to do something about it. And again, I was talking to, to a talk radio audience because I don't give a damn whether music radio lives or dies. In fact, I hope that uh, we see more music radio stations flip to talk radio because, well, that'll be good for Free Talk Live. And I think it will be good for radio in general because that's something that talk radio has is they've got originality. You can get the latest uh, Leonard Skinner tune or whatever on Leonard, any... Latest Leonard Skinner tune? I think they're back together, aren't they? they we are so unplugged. 
Anyway, you can get the latest fill-in-the-blank Lady Gaga. That's real popular now, right? I saw a video uh, by that uh, by her and uh, Beyonce. It was like nine minutes long, something about the telephone, and it was it was the most surreal thing I've seen in a long time. It was insane. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I mean, music videos can be very surreal. It's um, very surreal. But the, so that you can get that song in, in many different ways. If there are three hit music stations in your area, it's likely that all three of them are running that uh, that particular content. Uh, you can, of course, get it on the various different music services on the Internet. So that's a, that's very difficult. But for talk radio, if you've got, you name it, local host, Joe Schmo yeah. in the mornings, Joe Schmo in the mornings, that's the only place you can get Joe Schmo in the mornings. The only place you can get local content. So basically, Joe Schmo in the morning, everybody. Yeah. So that's a good thing. That's something that they've got that nobody else really has. They've got the local content. You can't get traffic reports or things like that and local weather from you know uh, easily at least through the national level sort of services. It's also, the ease of use. Um, yeah. it's, it's you know radios are in cars and that's where you know to go to get things. And you're gonna get as long as you're getting served in the way you want to get served. And I think talk radio. Um, as long as they can keep the ads down, is serving people the way they want to be served, people are going to continue to go to radio to get talk radio. But they've got to do it the way they want it. They've got to deliver the right content in the way that is easiest to uh, to get and do it as best as they possibly can. No more of this letting the AM uh, talk station or the talk station kind of just linger. And Because a lot of radio station clusters, they've got multiple stations. Yeah. They focus on their music stations right. and they don't focus the, on the talk station. The AM station. station is absolutely the redheaded stepchild. They will often, uh, you know, the, the, their spot rate will be so low the salespeople don't want to sell them. Um, the, you know, they, they'll, they'll throw a bunch of PSAs on there, play them over and over again. People get tired of hearing the yeah. same ads over and over again. So will they get on the top of their game? I don't know. That remains to be seen. I mean, they, I, I took them to task for basically doing nothing but hiring old white dudes to host talk shows. And I actually mentioned that during the, uh, the panel. And it's the truth. Look at the lineups of uh, talk stations. It's all conservative white dudes, and the, the industry needs to expand out from that. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago... From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI, toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase so uh, start your shopping over there, and you can, of course, buy – you can actually buy used items at Amazon. Who'd have thought? Uh, and plus, if you're buying brand new, you can get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of their products. So get your shopping done, whether it's some brand new book that you want, new video game, even groceries. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Critical thinking exercise. Explain the difference between government and organized crime. 
Now be sure to include in your comparison the disadvantages that organized crime syndicates might encounter by not having access to a 12-year propaganda system designed to convince children that their activities are somehow not organized crime. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education and socially acceptable forms of organized crime. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com. Now, I got to meet Brett from the School Sucks uh, Podcast over the weekend. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there to actually see him speak. Did you happen to, to, to make it to that this one? This was not one that I saw, but I did interview him on the radio. Hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Really great guy. And it's a great podcast, too, so make sure you check that out. SchoolSucksProject.com. We're just kind of recapping our weekend here. Uh, we were – it's just so busy. The Liberty Forum happened, the 2010 Liberty Forum. You can go to freestateproject.org to uh, to learn more about that event. Of course, there will be another one next year. So if you missed out this time around, don't miss it next time. Uh, and, and I was also at Talker's New Media Seminar down in New York City this weekend, schmoozing it up with uh, the big wigs in the talk radio business. And uh, – Giving them what's for. I mean, they really need to hear the the message that there is a possible future existence for talk radio and for radio in general, but they better really get into the marketplace and compete. They can't just cross their fingers and hope that people decide to stick with them. They've got to get out there and put out the very best possible content they can uh, in order to compete with the various different new media that's uh, that's coming up. So, you know, I let them know that, and, and I think things went very well. I got some compliments from some folks in the audience afterwards. You know, they came up and said nice things about uh, what I had to say. And, of course, I uh, kind of poked fun at the industry because all they do is seems to hire a bunch of old, white, conservative guys. Uh, of course, most of the panel were old, white, conservative guys besides myself. Well, I think that um, and, to some extent, uh, you know, talk radio serves old, white, Conservative guys, but that's uh, silly because 60% of uh, of talk radio's audience is, doesn't identify themselves as liberal or conservative or Republican. Would you or say Democrat. that? Uh, would you say that most of talk radio's audience is white? Uh, depends. Uh, there's a lot of black people that listen to talk radio, but they listen Hispanics. largely. And and this is the point I'm getting to is that many of the uh, black stations will have black talk uh, people on, and I think that there there needs to be more crossover. Do you understand? Like, there's no good reason why white people should listen to white uh, to, to to white people and black people should listen to no, black I people. Agree. I just think that that's the what's going on. I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. I think. Uh, I think that I've seen some numbers about black people listening to talk radio, and a lot of them listen to regular conservative white guy talk radio. Uh, in fact, a lot the, of them do. Yeah. But I just I just think that the, in the markets where the black talkers are, I think you'll see lar- you'll see a larger disparity. Well, anyway, uh, so so that's pretty much the message that I shared with them, and I really uh, really it it went well. It was a good networking occasion for Free Talk Live. You know, Free Talk Live was uh, fairly prominent. We bought a half-page ad with the Free Talk Live AMP dollars in the, the convention brochure, which I think looked pretty good. And so everything went well. Let's go to your phone calls. 800-259-9231. Thank you again to all of our listeners who support the show financially via the AMP program because it's listeners like you that make it possible for us to go out and do these things. The Free Talk Live uh, remote kit that we use on, on site at the Liberty Forum, that was bought with AMP dollars. So, uh, thank you. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Hannah, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Hello. Live. Hannah, what's on your mind? Hi, Ian and Mark. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I had the best weekend of my life at Liberty Forum, and I'm not wow. exaggerating. Yes. Jeez. Um, I, I've never been around so many people that I really felt awesome interacting with. Now, wait a minute. Weren't like, you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival last year? Um, I was. What was and, different? Uh, why, why was this uh, d- different from that? 
for you? Um, it was a little different because I, I you know, since Porcupine Freedom Festival, I've kind of befriended some people on Facebook and I've kind of um, participated a little bit with my some of my liberty-oriented music. So I, I knew some more people and, mm. and some more people knew who I was. That makes a difference. Um, it really does. Yeah, again, yeah. like deeper relationships. That first that first time allows you to sort of meet some people, and then you know the the second time and the third time. So yeah, I, yeah. I then you it. then you get to see the same people you've seen before a second time, and then it's your more, old and buddies. they know more people, and yeah, yeah. And you know, I hear about one hears about the civil disobedience that's going on in New Hampshire, and you know when you're not actually there, it can still sound exciting, but actually participating in the 420 event was like the most incredible feeling in the world. It was just all this energy and, and positive, positive energy. And every single time a car drove by and honked, I would get chills and I was like <laughs> jumping up and down and it was so much fun. Yeah. You even actually picked up uh, the megaphone. Brooke Kelly had brought a megaphone out on Sunday uh, to the 420 event and Hannah had grabbed the megaphone and was speak, speechifying yeah, to was, the, the, the cars yeah, and things I like got that. Kinda kind of caught up in that i'm I'm not sure what i was talking about but (laughs) i think that's great uh i I think first of all it's great that we have a a lady who's um, comfortable with uh, with using the megaphone because i'd much rather have a you know attractive young lady on a megaphone than myself or sam or something like that uh so (laughs) i I like attention so oh good perfect Who doesn't? You'll, you'll fit in well up here. Uh, s- s- well, there are plenty of people, Mark, that don't like attention. Lots yeah. of behind-the-scenes folks uh, here in, in New Hampshire as well. And, and thank goodness for all of them, too, because they're doing also some invaluable things, but they just don't get, you know, they don't get the glory for it. Uh, so what else? I mean, what else did you want to share about your experience this weekend? Um, you know, for me, it was just the social aspect of it, because I, I really don't have any friends in New York. Um so it was it was just incredible for me to um, for everyone to actually be interested in what I had to say and uh, for me to be interested in what other people were talking about and the parties that were going on and I stayed at Social Sunday last night until like really really late at night and I didn't get back here to New York until <laughs> early this morning. Now you live um, in Manhattan, was- right? Yeah, I do. It's hard to imagine that uh, you know somebody who lives in a city of eight. Point five million people. Isn't it doesn't, 15 million during the daytime? It's like, like more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't have a lot of close friends there, but everybody I've ever talked to there says kind of it's that way. It's just like a, it's sort of an insular place. Everybody's just in, in, involved in themselves. I, gu- I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know what yeah, like, to say yeah. about it. Like no eye contact on the subway. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know what to, you know, I have no anecdotes about that. I've just heard. Yeah, well, I believe it. I mean, down in Florida, it's not quite as unfriendly as New York, but still, to some extent, people are, are a little, I think, separated from each other. Here in New Hampshire, you walk down the street, you smile at people, you you make eye contact. And I mean, obviously, it's not that way for every single person, but I, I'm, I noticed a difference from Florida to New Hampshire. So I imagine the difference is even more extreme from a place like New York City uh, to New Definitely. Hampshire as far as the friendliness. I mean, you were obviously around Liberty people. I'm just talking about the New Hampshireites, just the average New Hampshireite, just more likely to be uh, somebody you can connect with and uh, and be, just be friendly with in a street encounter. Yeah. That's how I felt, definitely. So, Hannah, would you recommend that people who are considering coming up here to New Hampshire for a visit, maybe during the Porcupine Freedom Festival or during next year's Liberty Forum, that they maybe go to uh, some of the online forums first, like freestateproject.org, nhfree.com, or the Free Keen Forum, and kind of start to maybe interact with people prior to just showing up? Yeah, I think that's definitely a great idea. Um, you kind of 
become a little more familiar with who's involved in the movement and, you know, people learn who you are if, if just a little bit. Um, but if you don't, then it's, it's still okay because everyone is so friendly and, you know, you'll make friends really easily. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll have a great time at the first one, and you'll have an even better time at the second one. Yep, and and then it just keeps on getting better. Yep, that's what we're hearing. So uh, you were pretty excited. Uh, when? What's your plan for getting up here, Hannah? Did this help in, inspire you to move sooner rather than later? Definitely. And um, I still have to finish school. I have a couple more years, but um, I'm definitely going to move to Keene. I'm like positive. There's, there's no question in my mind. Um, I just don't know exactly when, and I'm not sure about all the logistics, but I know it's going to happen. Great. Well, that's really and, uh, all you need, right? Is it right, Mark? I mean, you just decide that you're going yes. to do something, and then you figure out how to make it happen. Right. A lot of people, um, uh, Hannah, decide that they're going. You know, they're not going to sign up for the Free State Project until they have all of the, um, you know, all the facts in place for their move. You know what? W- uh, you know exactly. You know how many? What? What octane is the gasoline I'm going to use in my car when I get there? Will I rent a truck? Will I uh, have it shipped? You know, you don't need to do all that. The statement of intent is an intention to move. It is not, in fact, uh, you know, like a plan or anything like that. It's just an intention to move, and I, I can hear that you have the intention to move. Glad you had a good time. Absolutely. Thanks for the call and sharing your thoughts tonight, Hannah. I appreciate hearing from you, as always. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is coming up. Rated, at least, well, almost rated. Uh, visited 50 times by the police. We'll tell you about it. Getting a mortgage without a down payment or just refinancing your home can be tough right now. But if you've served in the U.S. Armed Forces, Reserves, or National Guard, it doesn't have to be. I'm Tim Lewis of iFreedom Direct. After serving in Operation Iraqi Freedom, I now help other vets get their financial needs met. Our team of professionals understands the special benefits under the law for veterans. We have over 20 years of VA home mortgage experience, including refis to VA loans at lower rates. On your feet! If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage or interested in a refi for cash out or lower payments, call 888-900-VA-LOAN-NOW. Or go online to varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. Or call 800-900-VA-LOAN. varadio.com. Talk Live. We are kicking off the second hour of the program back in our Keene, New Hampshire studios after a busy, busy weekend. Thanks to everybody who came out to the Liberty Forum, said hi to Free Talk Live, bought some of our swag, which, by the way, is really pretty much only available at live events like that these days. Though eventually, I know our store manager has plans to reopen the Free Talk Live store, so anybody can get stuff. Free Talk Live, toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. The features there are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their site. We give, uh, give ours away, freetalklive.com, as we go to your phone calls and the fun. Starting out. This hour, Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Hi. I was there in New York, too. Did you see me? No. no you were a ways off. You were in New no, York City? you didn't see me. Okay. You were in New York City? Yes. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, bummer. Yeah, I was driving through that Manhattan traffic in uh, rush hour with a migraine and, and nausea. That oh, was, it's crazy. That was a miserable experience. Yeah, I was driving... It it added an extra hour to my drive into the city and another 45 minutes or so on my drive out. It was terrible. 
Yeah, and parking there is $20 an hour. Forget it. You know, don't don't even drive to New York City. Yeah, I paid about 80-something um, bucks to park overnight, pretty much. It's pretty crazy. Yep. Um, the police state. I went to the Statue of Liberty, and after we went through the security to get on the ferry, we had to go through an airport-like security thing to get on the ferry boat to go out to Liberty Island, where the Statue of Liberty is. And then we went around the island, took some pictures, and then decided to go into the base of the Statue of Liberty, where they have uh, a museum of sorts, I guess. I don't know, because I never made it in there. Because going into the base, they have another security you have to go through. (laughs) Only this time, they decided that my wife's mother's handbag was too big. So here's uh, this little Chinese grandmother who's uh, 73, I think. And... uh, they didn't want her to go through with her handbag because it was too big. So I told them, you know, just forget it. I said, I don't need to see your silly museum anyway. I said, this is this kind of security and hassling the people is what's destroying uh, tourism in this country. People don't want to go anywhere anymore because you guys are constantly harassing them. And yeah, I went why, to not, the, why not uh, rename it to the Statue of Security? Yeah, yeah, this is the Statue of Liberty. In fact, I took a picture of a sign that said, uh, Liberty Tour, and I thought that was pretty funny because the Liberty yeah. Tour is all, uh, you know, it's all police state. So how right. do you get a Liberty Tour out of that? But Crazy. I went to the front desk and I wrote out, I wrote out a formal complaint explaining how I think think <laughs> that this is all ridiculous and it's well, killing. You, the you wasted your time industry. there, Gene, writing that complaint. Probably did. Yeah. But, well, I might have wasted my time in that regard, but I didn't waste my time in that I got to vent. Okay. Because otherwise, I was going to hit somebody. Wow. But uh, anyway, uh, that was part of the experience. And then um, uh, this Obama health care thing. This, of course, since my wife is a doctor, will, I think, eventually put us out of business. So we're looking at, uh, I'm I'm thinking that we've got two, perhaps three years left before we're going to be looking for another form of of, uh, way to make a living, perhaps going back into manufacturing, because I don't know if you remember, but a year and a half or so ago when we first started entering this depression, and I won't call it a recession because it is a depression, that one of the things that's going to come back to this country is manufacturing. So we might go back into manufacturing instead of doctoring. So, And my wife is one of the best doctors around here, so because of Obamacare, uh, the medical industry is going to lose their best. The best are all going to go somewhere else and find something else to do. That, I mean, you you work with your wife, who is a doctor, and this is what you're thinking, is that you're going to leave the industry. Now, I mean, on the positive side, it might be good because you may move to New Hampshire sooner, uh, but <laughs> it's not good for people that are I'm looking thinking, for health care. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely thinking that this may be our opportunity to move to New Hampshire, because at some point, as the reimbursement costs continue to go down, which has been a trend for years in the medical industry, the reimbursement costs have been and are continuing to go down. And as they go down, there's going to reach a point when it will no longer be profitable to run a medical office. Well, we're not going to take our savings that we've worked for to keep a medical office open that's not economically feasible. So when it reaches that point, past the break-even point, we will just be closing the doors. And so will thousands of other uh, practices across the country. So, Gene, you know, Gene, there might be... I it. 
it might be just the insurance industry that takes a hit here. It may take longer for doctors' offices uh, because I think that what it sounds like is that essentially there'll be a penalty for not having insurance, and um, but you know you'll but insurance companies can't reject you. So essentially, people will unless they have a catastrophic they, they won't have insurance unless they have a catastrophic situation. They'll just pay pay the fine on a regular basis, uh, you know, the twenty five hundred dollar fine or whatever it's going to be. Um, on a regular basis and, uh, you know, annually to the government. And then um, they'll pick up insurance when they need it for something catastrophic because they can't be turned down because they have a pre-existing condition. So, you know, I uh, I have a heart attack. I I go to the insurance company and I have them, uh, you know, pick up my – pick me up. But the bottom line is the reimbursement rates are going down and That's they're going to keep going down due, right. to this, due to this program. And as those reimbursement rates drop, it doesn't matter if people, if everybody in the country has insurance, if the reimbursement rate is going to be $10 for a, for a doctor visit, there's no profit there. In fact, it's going to cost mm-hmm. money to provide that service to the patient. Gene, what are some of the, uh, the I guess, fundamentals of the, I guess, the legislation that was passed over the weekend? Honestly, I've heard there are 3,000 pages. I've heard various different plans and proposals, but I haven't really been following it because I don't really, you know, it doesn't really matter to me what these politicians do. I'm not going to participate in it. Uh, but what, what is it that, uh, that, that they're looking at doing? Well, I've only seen what... Uh, what has been written in the news. I certainly haven't read the 3,000-page document. But what I can see is the trend, and the trend is lower reimbursements for medical professionals, which is going to result in offices being closed. So I guarantee you that the rates are going to keep dropping. They're talking about a 21% cut just in Medicare alone. Also, they're forcing, aren't they Medicare forcing people cuts, to get insurance as well? Well, they will be forcing people to get insurance, but you're going to get an in, a, insurance like Medicare, which is going to be very low on reimbursement to the doctors. Mm-hmm. And as those reimbursement rates drop, eventually doctors are going to stop practicing. We know of somebody who will doc- Wait from, a minute. Point of information, uh, Gene. Will, will, will doctors still be able to uh, essentially reject Medicare and, and go cash only? Will that still be possible? Um, I'm sure that it, at initially it'll be possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know about down the road somewhere. You know, down things change and I, maybe if, maybe if that'll be the positive. Maybe, maybe that'll be you know one of the positives of this. Maybe more doctors will look at this and just say, ah, screw it, I'm tired of taking this insurance yeah, and this but Medicare. Gene, but Gene's right on this one. Um, you know, maybe that's true for three or four years, mm-hmm. but once they realize that the greedy doctors aren't taking the government forced insurance, these terrible people must be stopped. I mean, because that's how the government does it. They create a problem with their legislation, Bingo. and then they try to fix that problem with more legislation, never less. Yeah. Less. And their solution will be to force the doctors to take the insurance. They'll say, if you want your medical license, mm-hmm. you have to take these patients. And so the doctors will throw their hands up and in frustration then they'll and say, quit. fine, you see the patients. <laughs> yep, then they'll quit. You know? yep. I think you're yeah. right about that, Gene. But at least it will I take them I'm some right. time, right? Because, I mean, these it's the government, so they don't exactly move quickly. Yeah, maybe a couple years. Although maybe I've three. heard from people saying that they've been getting information from their uh, the companies they work for about all the changes that are going to be happening immediately or something like that. So why why is it what is going on and why is it happening so quickly? What what's happening uh, quickly? Because I'd also I've heard on one hand that these things won't be starting until 2016 or something like that, and on the other hand I've heard that things are happening immediately. So I don't really know what's going on. I think maybe the 
I think there's two deadlines. One is for the companies to provide insurance, and the other one for the private people to buy their insurance. I think when it's required for private people to buy their insurance is out a couple years. Mm, I see. Requiring employees over 50 have insurance, and what that means is those employees over 50 are going to cut their staff so that they're under 50. Probably right. Thanks, Gene, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts on uh, health care, government involvement, etc. You can also bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI, toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And freetalklive.com. And those features include our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video, proving they are indeed listeners of this program are available at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to his advantage. Jurisdictionary.com explains how to use the rules step-by-step in a manner that an average eighth grader can grasp in less than 24 hours. This is how to use the court system here in the United States um, in, in a pro se fashion, the course is $250. It's a it's a bargain compared to a, a ticket, and they will show you how to you know, do all kinds of things: draft draft pleadings, understanding the court's power, getting evidence from opponents, motions and hearings, courtroom objections, of affirmative decisions, legal research, everything you need to know to take you know take these bureaucrats to court and fight them without having to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on an attorney i'm taking the course right now um, i recommend it it's it's going well it's jurisdictionary.com all right 800-259-9231 so i've digging around during the the break to find some sort of breakdown of what exactly this health care bill entails because i've heard so much over the past what year that it's been debated and discussed. I just I wasn't really sure as to what we were even talking about here. So U.S. News and World Report has a breakdown of ten things that they claim are in and are not in the bill. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But continue with your phone calls. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one two. Mark listening in Brazil. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, what's on hey, your mind you tonight? Uh, I just wanted to bring up something. It's an argument that I hear often by people calling in uh, respect to global warming, which is an argument that kind of bothers me. Uh, actually, a previous caller, someone who's done it before, they'll call in and they'll say, well, I've calculated that the size of the atmosphere is X million square cubic feet or whatever. And I looked at the smokestacks and how much they're producing and, my goodness, it's impossible for those scientists to say that we could ever have an impact uh, on the atmosphere, like they're saying, because uh, I looked at it and I can see that 
Well, it's just some pollution, and it's nothing compared with the size of the atmosphere. I don't know if you yeah. recall hearing him calling, yeah. I think that's Gene and, the Christian Anarchist. Yeah, and uh, that argument sort of implies that in order to have an impact on the atmosphere, you would sort of have to, in a sense, fill it up to a certain percentage, I don't know, 30 or 50 or whatever percentage he or people with that argument uh, think is the percentage where something will happen. And it ignores the fact that the atmosphere is a system with a bunch of components and a certain degree of equilibrium as the variables change over time. And all you have to do is move one of those variables around a bit, and you start to have an impact on the whole system. It's sort of like if you think of the human body, uh, how much mercury do you have to consume uh, for a system of that size to get out of whack? And it's, in fact, it's you know, not even a, a couple little drops. It's a minuscule amount because of the impact it has on the components of the system. So, so, what, what, so wanted, what would you suggest? Do you think that uh, factories should shut down? Uh, should factories shut down? Yeah, I mean, if, if what you're saying is that, uh, that there's some bad things happening to the atmosphere because of mankind, what's your proposal? Uh, that we should seek to reduce the emissions that are causing it. Well, causing what? causing the uh, atmosphere to increase in average temperatures. Is that true that that's happening? It's, uh-huh. it, isn't it not true that it's not increasing in average te- um, temperatures and hasn't increased since 1995, more than almost, 15, what, 15 years ago? 15 years? No, no, that's not true. That's what the people from the uh, East Anglican Anglian uh, uh, Research Center have said, have admitted. No, they, they actually didn't. <laughs> Well, how do you they explain didn't say the, it like that either? Look, I'm they, no expert, you, the, but how do you explain the, the global is, warming no, but period? Seriously, Mark. there's something worth clearing up there. Is that, as anyone knows, when you do trend analysis, you have uh, a variance uh, around the trend and a certain degree uh, of movement based on the value of the standard deviation, which is the you know the spread of, of the data. And anytime you graph a chart, you have the mean trend line, and then you have the standard deviations so, around it. So how much is it, the, has the atmosphere increased in, in uh, you know, how, what, what's, what are well, we at 2010 now? Is, or, or, sorry, 2009 is officially the, the, the hottest year as yet. What you have is if you look at the, 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 the data in the, in the trend uh, analysis, you have data that is for the past 10 years uh, been going more or less sideways up and down as opposed to uh, a very clear uh, uh, range around uh, a, a diagonal, let's say, is the best way to describe it. But the numbers uh, are still upwards. a fraction of but a those, degree but Fahrenheit, that right? Data, but that data is still within uh, the, 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 the range is defined by the trend up until that point in time. But I have the, no idea what But the numbers means. are still within a fraction of a degree of Fahrenheit, right? We're not talking about it's jumped two degrees or something since uh, 1900. Um, and... So? I, what, what, what I'm saying is, is there's there's projections like there's a there's projections that it's going to get higher, but at this point it's point um, six degrees, uh, you know, high, hotter supposedly than it than it has been, and I and I I don't doubt that maybe it is, and maybe it's even man-made. I don't I can't uh, speak to that, but um, you know, it seems. For, first off, uh, you know, the, the Earth's been hotter before. A lot hotter than it is now, right. and it's there been a, a medieval, lot of things that didn't have to do with man. Wasn't there a medieval warm period where that too? The volcanoes have spewed stuff into the atmosphere. The Earth is far more polluted than uh, man is, and yeah, uh, the, the fact that the the temperature goes up and down over time is is not in dispute. And in fact, if you look at the history of the so planet, so why are we freaking there, out then? Yeah, like what's what's the been, danger? Well, because because there have been five events in the history of the planet where over ninety percent of the life on Earth was destroyed. And three of those related to significant increases in temperature. 
So it's not like we're talking about something fantastical well, here. We're not talking, talking about significant. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about a significant increase in temperature? Because it sounds to me like we're talking about a fraction of a, of a degree. No, they're, they're talking about in order for this to become something that threatens the planet to eventually get in the range of five or six degrees in terms of an increase in temperature. And they're talking about Celsius. Okay, and, and that's a, that's a big uh, a big uh, you know difference. Obviously, that's true, yeah. and it may very uh-huh. it may very well be that man's doing that. But um, first off, I think you would probably agree with me that the government is the worst organization to fix that problem. I didn't propose in any way the government getting involved. Right. I, that's that's why I'm I'm saying that. Um, and uh-huh. so, you know, but also the fact is. You know, there have been significant situations in the past, and the Earth has bounced back. Man will likely survive because they know how to handle, you know, temperature variations, whereas, you know, some animals there, uh, some animals may go extinct. There's plenty of them right on the verge right now. Uh, some of them may, uh, some may know, flourish, change, change their, uh, you know, uh, territories and stuff like that. You know, I, I just I, I fail to see that that is this catastrophic, terrible, terrible event. The idea that things are supposed to be the same now that we have some control over it. Things are cleaner now, too, in general, from what I understand. I mean, companies are a little more uh, paying attention to these sorts of things, and consumers are demanding cleaner, uh, greener companies. So People are getting like things th- more locally so that they're not, um, you know, using... I mean, I think that people are already making these changes. Right. It seems like things are working in that direction, and uh, again, it's, there's no significant increase going on here. We're talking about a fraction of a, of a degree over, what, a hundred years or something like that? And it could very easily turn around tomorrow or start turning around next year. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. At least he didn't want to bring the government into it. That, uh, that's a good thing. More coming up. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves to bring up anything, 800-259-9231. And we'll tell you about the Institute for Humane Studies, libertarianseminars.com. Their summer seminar program is now accepting applications. Great topics like liberty and education, radicals for capitalism, ideas of a free society, liberty and leviathan, policy from the libertarian perspective, and a whole bunch more. Locations are available in major cities across the country, so there may be one that's convenient to you. In addition, once you get there, they'll provide you with meals and housing. The deadline to get involved, to get signed up for the summer seminar program is March 31st, so less than 10 days away. Get on it. Go to libertarianseminars.com. If you're of college age, uh, that's the kind of people they're looking to get involved in this. And that's libertarianseminars.com. As we continue with your phone calls, Scott is in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? 
I just caught the tail end of that last caller, so I didn't quite hear everything. Um, but I, I kind of have an idea of what was uh, what was being said, just because from listening to your show, I kind of know the position you take with regards to climate change. And my my one concern is that I think um, you, I, and Mark, and none of us are you know experts on on this sort of thing. And, Certainly not. Yeah. So kind of my 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 thought on this is is uh, like even though the change of just a few degrees might not seem like a big deal big deal to us. When I read things from climate uh, scientists, they say that it, it is it can be a big deal potentially. So oh, wait, even are we, we talking about a few degrees or a, a tenth of a degree or whatever? Uh, we're talking just a few degrees, one or two degrees. Right, well, it hasn't Fahrenheit changed. Fahrenheit or Celsius? Uh, I am speaking in. Oh dang, that's a good question, dude. Either way, uh, it hasn't remember. changed. Usually, uh, they talk in Celsius. Them science types like but, Celsius. But yeah, Mark, they use metric. Mark, like, didn't you say that it hasn't okay. changed? Like point. Point six degrees is uh, Fahrenheit is what I've read over what period of time? Um, you know, from when basically when they've been uh, reading reading them till now. So hundred hundred years. Right. Plus? It seems like a much ado about nothing at this point. I don't know. And it, it what um, what the caller Mark said was that you know there's a mean of it going up, and you know that much is true. But essentially, what I find with science data is that you know to some extent you can make it mean what you want. There are other uh, climatologists and scientists out there that say this global warming thing isn't that big of a deal. But they don't make money by doing that. Well, also, they were saying back in the 70s, we didn't mention this before, but they were saying yeah. back in the 70s there was going to be an ice age. So, I mean, that would be bad, too, if there was an ice age. I mean, But what happened idea, to the ice age, you know? The, the, right. What happened to that and the idea that the Earth is just going to sit pretty at its regular temp- with some sort of regular temperature all the time is ludicrous. I, I'm familiar with that, I, that Ice Age article. I think it's being taken out of context. I could send you a link if, you, if you're interested in seeing uh, what, what I'm talking about. I, can't, I don't know enough about to get into it right now. No, I don't either, but I do know that some it's of the It's not same... just one article. I no, mean... no. I do, know oh, I, know, that, I, know. It's, I do understand that some of the same people who were promoting the Ice Age in the 70s are now also promoting global warming today. So... Well, this is why science improves over time and, and we find itself... But, we found that but this now science we is... know it's right! But we found that this science is also inaccurate and that they're, they're twisting numbers and they're uh, just trying to get fun for their their programs. Well, I, so how do you I trust them? About that. I mean, why trust but, them? Yeah, but I'm not trusting them. I'm trusting the data. Well, why uh, trust their data? But the data was there for the ice age. I don't I don't know about that. Oh, the scientists came out and said there was an ice age, but there was no data. But I'm, I'm thinking you're being sort of collectivist there, Mark, by saying the scientists. There's not really a the scientists who the came scientists. out for the ice age. How about that? So sure, that's why fine. trust this data? Well, one uh, either data is good or or it's not. I mean, how how would you know? Well, how science works is with consensus, and there and wasn't consensus on the, on the ice age. I mean, this no, stuff was, was around. Wait, do you not remember? There's how no old consensus. Are you? There's there's never consensus in science because it's always being yeah, challenged no, no, by that's other not scientists. True, Ian. There is consensus in science on many many subjects, but the the great thing about it is that it can change if the information and data changes. Science change. Scientists love not knowing because it gives them a chance to find out stuff. I mean, uh, some of them might have agendas, and I, I don't doubt that they do because they're people. But uh, well, there may I be si- there may be con- there may be consensus on stuff like gravity existing, uh, but the, I would say new science, if you will, like the science they're coming out with about the, uh, the so-called global warming, is not consensized in any way, shape, or form. But it, it is if you if you are familiar with the science. That's the that's the thing. But, but and that's but what you I mean, understand. That for us... me to get familiar with the science, we're not talking about me doing some reading. Um, you don't have to be familiar night. with the science, Mark. But wait, aren't right, there but a I'm bunch telling, of... Yes, I do because I don't believe the scientists. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been lied to a few times. You just claimed, Scott, that there is a consensus about this, and that's that's nonsense because aren't there, wasn't there a story about a whole bunch of uh, scientists that came out against the idea of global yes. warming? 
So that's not yes. No, that's not true, because that's also being taken out of t- context. You're talking about the 30,000 scientists that aren't climate scientists, by the way, that signed that thing. So that's why you have to go to the people that actually understand. Like, if I want to know family law, I go to a family lawyer. You have to go to the right people. And now, none of us, like, I don't know the science, and, and none of us are scientists. I'm not a radio well, host. Well, if you don't, I don't know, know the I'm science, how would you know there's a consensus? Well, because you can at least know that. I mean, How would you, I, know that? you have to go to the proper sources. You've I mean, talked to all the scientists, so you know. No, 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 no. I don't have to, because people do that for us, Ian. If if you go and and get you know an operation done, do you vet every? Do you vet the operation right back to its beginning? No, you know that the work has been done and that uh, it, it works because it's being used. And if it doesn't work, it'll be changed. That's the way medicine works and science works. It's, Let's talk I about mean, medicine real quick. You know, sure. you know the guy that said that vaccines were caused, caused autism. Remember that? Wakefield. Fellow? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it turns out that he was being uh, sponsored by, you know, some organization that would have benefited from vaccines yes. causing autism, right? Yes. Yeah. And like Absolutely. somebody who was suing for there. Now, who do you think's giving the money to the scientists to find out whether or not, um, you know, the the Earth is warming? Well, to use that example, Wakefield was exposed right away as being as having inaccurate data. It took years. So it's somewhat of a straw man. They took care of, it, of itself. If there's evidence that someone's being bought off to say a certain thing, then let's see it, and I'm cool with that. That's not a straw and, man. That's an accurate argument. Um, I did not set up something as Wakefield. a straw man. See, setting up something as a straw man is saying something that's not true and then attacking it. I set up something that is true, and I made an example. That's It's not a straw yeah, man. Yeah, but that's it's sort, sort of a false analogy in a way because— No, it's what, an accurate analogy. I mean, no, but, I'm telling Mark, you Wakefield that some is, scientists can't be trusted to tell the truth because fine. they will skew the data. Okay, where's the evidence that client scientists are lying? Didn't the, <laughs> there the emails released, that came yeah, out? The, the I'm very familiar with all that, and that's yeah. been already t- addressed, I think, in, in most cases, uh, as being taken. That's why, again, we have to rely on the people that understand it. I don't understand science talk. Like when they talk about. So I guess the, we like, should just I, rely right. on. I can come up with a co- conclusion on Wakefield, but I can't come up with a conclusion on these guys that released emails. The so fact that, the, that they haven't been able to show I, that um, the temperature has risen since 1995 or 93. So since we have to rely on the people that understand it, then we shouldn't really have opinions on, on politics or of the government not, either. That's a complete, again, that's out of context. Be- well, well, well no, we should only about. rely on people that understand these things and that are experts. So only political scientists uh, well, should be able to com- polit- comment, no, no, right? Dude, Politics are, are theory and opinion. Science has to do with data. So that's not the same thing. Look, man, I, you know, I can't theory tell you whether or not the world is warming. What I can tell you is that the people that are telling me, by and large, the, war is, the world is warming, is telling, are telling me that the best way to solve that problem is through government. So I yeah, am awfully skeptical of what they say. But that's why you're skeptical, because you don't like the solution they propose. That's why I think that it's even more important for people like ourselves that don't want government intervention to look at it critically and, 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 and know what our own biases are. Obviously, I'm biased against any government solution. And as the caller earlier said, we don't propose that at all. It's just that we need to, if we want to have a change, like it has to come from within and, and start, right. you know. And there's uh, the challenge for companies. The, ca- the challenge yeah. for companies is make something that competes. Yes, you know, I agree. Uh, you know, get get rid of the religion aspect around global warming because honestly, I'm for the globe to warm. Uh, you know, knock the knock <laughs> the globe temperature up three or four uh, degrees Fahrenheit. I'm for that. Well, if uh, you want humans to survive, that wouldn't be a good thing. Humans are just care. fine. You'll be fine. Nah, what are sorry, you talking about? Um, three or four degrees is enough to melt polar ice caps, mm-hmm. and that will raise ocean levels. And if polar not, ice caps have been melted in the past. Not, dude. <laughs> yes. 
They have. Listen, I know they have, but, okay, but listen, the world we live in today is different than the world of the past. If you want humans to survive today in the current environment we have, if it goes all wonky and crazy, the Earth doesn't care, you know. The environment is crazy. Care. Right. The Earth of... doesn't care. The Earth will be fine, and humans will survive. All kinds of crazy things have happened and if they the have, environment. if they have poisoned their environment so much that their environment reacts in a fashion that it drowns most of them, get what fine. you deserve. Yeah. That's their problem. Thanks for Buy the call. Buy a boat. That's, hey, we're not in Florida anymore. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. It was underwater I'm not going to get scared about this because there's not much that I can do about it. Right. Florida was already underwater once, so if it happens again, hey, this is the way things go. More sheet seashells for the driveways. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations around the country. Bring more uh, internet listeners on board from around the world. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. Oh, excuse me. Promote also.freetalklive.com. I'm all over the place tonight. Promote.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls to Ziggy in the UK. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Um, right, there's something no one's mentioned in all this global warming uh, talk, um, that man can adapt to his environment. Um, didn't you guys move up from, uh, you know, uh, um, Florida to New Hampshire? Yes. and from a, from I... a hot... Yeah, from a hot climate to a, to, to a cold climate. I, and I haven't did. You adapted? Yeah, I, I've adapted. I mean, I'd, I'd like to adapt more, but I've only been here three years, so uh, I've noticed that I'm more, much more comfortable now in lower temperatures than I would have been in Florida in the same temperatures. I mean, in Florida, if it were 65 degrees out, I would be bundled up. Uh, up here, it's almost short sleeves wet for me. I, I'm not quite to that point where I'm ready to put on. Uh, sandals and... So I think your house is at uh, 400 feet above uh, sea level, Ian. Mine's at about 1,100 feet above sea level. What is? What are you going to do if your house floods? You know, like it, it floods in here. The Keene becomes the lake that it once... You know, the, the, the lake bed that it once was. Well, I guess I'll move. Yeah. Well, I guess you, you will. Build, you can build house, houses on stilts. Well, I mean, if Little Keen, floating houses. If I don't really want to live in water world, necessarily... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why Keene would all of a sudden become uh, a lake again. Well, that was the suggestion that Scott was making, and it may very well be true. Well, wait, how would the ice caps melting affect Keene? Keene used to be a lake. That was because it was covered, because water covered the spot. But how would the ice, I mean, would the ice, I would think the ice caps would fill in the oceans, and then the oceans The ice caps would would melt, the oceans would rise, water would get, uh, is there a a river that goes through Keene? I I guess. Yeah, water would get there somehow, and it would fill it up. I see. Um, I would also just point out that the last ice age, um, it's it's um, uh, some science, uh, some anthropologists have have said that the first settlers in America actually travelled across the ice sheet during the last ice age to North America from Europe, um, hmm. and so that proves that man can survive 
an ice age. Yeah, I don't think Scott was suggesting. I don't think Scott was suggesting that we would all boil um, in our own skin. I think he was suggesting that the world would would change dramatically, and and basically it's the the polar ice caps and 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 the ice in Antarctica melting, which is the concern, and and it's you know it, it very well could be the situation. Even if it's I true, I don't think we'll uh, get the advantage this time of uh, of ice of a you know an ice glacier running to the moon for the next frontier, though. Well, you know what. Yeah, what I'm saying is that man, you know, it's been proven, you know, in, you know, throughout history that man can adapt to different environments. And, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that global warming is happening. I mean, I'll admit, I'm no scientist, but I suspect that government will use any excuse to control people. And Ziggy, why do you think it's happening? If you believe that it's happening, what do you believe the reason is? Because even if it's... No, I don't, I don't believe it's happening. Oh, you don't believe. So, now... No, no, I don't, I don't believe it's happening because, gov- because government will use anything... Uh, to control people, and I just think this whole green thing is the latest, um, you know, excuse, and it's the perf- it's it's the magic bullet because how can you argue that you don't want a good, env- uh, you know, a, 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 a nice environment to live in? I also don't. I don't feel that, um, you know, in general, I don't feel that the, uh, the 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 other side of the arguments are listened to. Basically, the the claim seems to be to me that look. All you guys are too stupid to be asking questions of the scientist types that do this for a living. And if you continue to ask questions, you will be chastened. And, and also, Scott was wrong about um, sciences by consensus. No, it's not. What happens is somebody pu- publishes a paper on, on, on their findings, and then other scientists try and chip away at that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's adversarial to some extent, don't you think? Yeah. You know, also, how, how, do, how do scientists make money by chipping away at other scientists' science? science? Um, I don't know either. Well, they get sponsorship from people who oppose the ideas of that scientist. There you go. You know, I haven't even really, first of all, I haven't been convinced that uh, the globe is warming because it just seems to me that year after year, changes happen. I mean, there are different, the, the weather behaves differently one year from the next they, they just aren't the same and i mean this it's winter it was winter time in uh, new hampshire a few days ago and it was 65 degrees so yeah, also I'd, I'd, I'd point out that um you know britain uh, the web the, the climatologist said that britain was going to have a mild winter we've had one of the coldest right and last year we had a record <laughs> snow, we had record snowfall last year in uh, in new hampshire and this year it was hardly really in this at least in this area it didn't seem like it was that much it snowed quite a bit really i don't know but, maybe it doesn't happen i think it happens more at your house because you're higher uh, higher elevation mark elevations have something uh, to do with it but, but i still i haven't been convinced that the globe is warming and even if i could be convinced that it was if it uh, even if I were convinced that it wa- is warming, then I still haven't been convinced that it's mankind that's uh, that's doing it. H- how do you know it's not the sun? Yeah, that, that's another great question. Is um, how about that Mars thing that we, you know, that it's warming up on Mars? Nobody wants to to answer that particular question. Ziggy, your thoughts? Well, I I I, I personally just believe that um, you know, sure, climate does change all the time, um, but it's not changing to the catastrophic, you know, um, extent which some people are, you know, fear-mongering about. Yeah. You know, because the whole fear-mongering is just an excuse to, con- to control people. And I point out that, you know, if climatologists can't, you know, predict, you know, what, next, what the next winter is going to be, how can they predict what things are going to be like in 50 years' time? Thanks for the call, Ziggy. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
Um, I wanted to talk about the uh, New York City Police Department going to uh, some old couple's uh, house over 50 times in the last couple of years. Yeah, I've actually got the story right here. Uh, what do you want to say about it, or should we wait till we uh, get to the details? Um, well, I can wait until we get into the details. Um, did you want to yeah, I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you can just hang on here with us, just stay on the line and uh, yeah, comment as you wish. Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn World War II veteran, this is from New York Daily News. Walter Martin and his wife Rose aren't at the top of the NYPD's most wanted list. It just feels that way. Cops have swooped down on the law-abiding couple's modest Marine Park home at least 50 times in the last eight years hunting bad guys, only to learn they were chasing a bad address. Apparently, they didn't bother to correct their errors. They've come looking for murder and robbery suspects. Once, cops came hunting for one of their own, an NYPD officer accused of raping his 14-year-old stepdaughter. In each case, NYPD officers from commands ranging from the North Bronx to Staten Island somehow confused the Martins' two-story home with a hideout of a a suspect or key witness, a different person nearly every time. Rose Martin, who is 82 years old, said, I'm really worried. How could so many people get my address, and how could cops be coming from so many different precincts? The Martins' nightmare began in 2002 and has grown to ridiculous proportions. The latest came at 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday, when the Martins were jolted awake by police fists pounding on the home's front and back doors. What was the time? 7.30 in the morning. Okay. They were probably already up. The startling wake-up... <laughs> they said they were jolted awake. We'll have to take their word for oh, okay, it. Okay, right. The starting, uh, startling wake-up call strained 83-year-old Walter Martin's heart, and he felt dizzy as he dressed hurriedly. You're not the first, he told the amazed officers. We've had police here 50 to 75 times looking for people. After they left, I felt funny. He said he took his blood pressure, and it was soaring. Finally, it went down to normal after about three hours, he said. The Martins have documented the unending police pop-ins and have amassed a sizable collection of cops' business cards. A lifetime Brooklyn residents brought the, uh, bought the home in 1997 to be closer to their children, and all was fine until early 2002 when junk mail, court documents, and arrest warrants began arriving for a motley collection of strangers. Then the police began knocking on their door again and again and again. Police, open up! became a familiar phrase to the Martins, who have had police at their doors many three to- as many as three times in a week. Most of the time, the officers quickly realized they'd hit the wrong address and left in frustration, saying little. Other visits, however, yeah. have been more memorable. In June of 2002, two female officers from the NYPD Internal Affairs Bureau showed up looking for a woman who had accused a police officer of sexual misconduct. The most bizarre mix-up came uh, in October of 2006 when cops and FBI agents rolled up hunting for then-cop Angel Negron, who was later charged with raping his 14-year-old stepdaughter. He pleaded to a misdemeanor and was fired. That's pretty rare. Hey, uh, hang on, Andrew. We'll bring you back here for your comments in a moment. 800-259-9231. I happen to know Andrew is a uh, has been through police training. So we'll see what he has to say about this. 800-259-9231. A little bit more detail about the story of these octogenarians who've had their home visited in very nasty ways by the police over 50 times this decade. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll free 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're back here in the studio after a a long and fun weekend at the New Hampshire 2010 Liberty Forum. Also, I had uh, headed down to New York City for the Talkers uh, New Media Seminar. And uh, thanks again to all of our listeners for, for coming out and seeing us. A lot of our listeners for coming out to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And thanks to the Amplifiers for sending uh, me down to the Talkers Convention. We're taking your phone calls about everything and anything as long as you make them. 800-259-9231. And we had started a story. and going to wrap it up here, recap it for those of you just tuning in. In the last hour, from New York Daily News at nydailynews.com, about a couple of octogenarians, people in their 80s, they've uh, been paid visits by the police at least 50 times since the year 2002. So in the last decade, 50 visits by the police. Fairly unusual. Even the police admit uh, that there's something screwy going on here. But of course, they obviously haven't done anything about it. And um, that's where we pick up the story after kind of running down a few of the uh, the different visits that they've received. One of the, uh, the, the gentlemen of the house, he's got a heart condition and he had a real tough time the last time the cop showed up. His blood, I guess it was his blood pressure, excuse me, his blood pressure was dramatically up and it took a while for him to come back down. So it's it's scary when the cops show up with pounding on the door and yelling like that. So let me continue the story here. Walter Martin said that this one I can't get over, saying he's unable to understand how the NYPD could not know how to quickly find one of its own. This, they were looking for a cop uh, at that time. Or one of the times when they came to his house. Frustrated and scared, the Martins wrote to Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly, Mayor Bloomberg, and the U.S. Postmaster General. But officers are still pounding on their door more than three years later. Police brass are baffled. One inspector, Ed Mullen, an NYPD spokesbureaucrat, said, Our identity theft squad is investigating the matter. Another police source said, If they're getting that many visits, we have to find out why. The NYPD's 61st Precinct once called it a computer glitch. Postal officials suggested the couple get a post office box. How is that going to solve anything? <laughs> well, they were getting <laughs> they were getting letters to their house that um, that were you know telling them they had to go to court. That somebody who lived there had to go to court. But how would getting them getting a post office box solve that? Not really. They're yeah. still going to deliver the mail, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. 
After the Daily News They're began... They're still going to kick the door in one day, I'm sure. Right, and that's something they have not yet done. So, shockingly, after 50, uh, 50 visits, after the Daily News began making inquiries, the couple's address was run through the NYPD's real-time crime center. Police sources said databases spit out 49 pages of documents, including complaints, 911 calls, and stop, question, and frisk forms. A news computer search of the address lists 15 other people living there. The Martins know none of them. Rose Martin said cops have always been respectful and never crashed in. Still, as she wrote to Kelly, she worries something tragic could happen. Now, uh, you know, it's interesting the um, uh, the, the different yardstick that one uses to talk about cops versus, um, you know, regular people. Right. They're if, respectful if they're pounding on your right. door and shouting. If I if I came up to the Rose Martin's door there and I pounded at it, bang, 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 free talk live, open up. <laughs> She'd think I was a flaming jerk. Yeah. She wouldn't think you were respectful, that's for sure. Uh, she worries something co- a tragic could happen if the problem isn't corrected. She said, I'm fearful that if a no-knock warrant is issued with my address, that my husband or I will end up having a heart attack. And I think that's an absolutely legitimate concern on her part. Because that stuff happens. Mm. Cops will uh, raid people's homes without knocking. And they uh, they will scare people to death or they'll scare someone uh, so much they'll pick up a firearm and start shooting, which will result in the cops shooting back and killing whoever it was that was shooting at them, happens. as happened to a 90-plus-year-old woman down in Atlanta a couple of years ago. So with that, we've got Andrew on the line in New Hampshire. Andrew, you wanted to uh, share some thoughts about the story. Yes, um, I, I read some follow-up articles to, to that article, and I was just astounded by it because they, they trace back the problem to 2002 when they started up their automated computer system, uh, which tracks their crime complaints and other internal um, police information, which they used to do manually. But obviously, computers do it a lot better. Well, the problem was the New York City Police Department, someone, when they were testing it out, entered their address into the computer system, but never took it out when they were done testing it. Hmm. So somehow that address presumably got linked to other people along the way and therefore caused the problem that they received. So does that and, mean that they've, they've eliminated the address or is this still, still going on? Well, in, in 2007, when, when they got a, a bulk of the, the problems, the, apparently someone in the police department thought that they had re- removed their address from the system, but apparently hadn't done it. Um, probably because it was elsewhere within the the vast New York City Police Department uh, database, uh, or the person didn't have the ability to go any further. And then recently, they have they claim that they've removed it all and flagged the residents so that you know if anyone puts in the their address, it pops up with uh, uh, a warning saying that no New York City police officer is to go to the house or question them without. Um, uh, permission from the uh, you know from the commissioner or whoever sounds pretty but, unbelievably good. Uh, of course, it took them three years and the attention of the news media before they actually came to that level of uh, service, right? Right. And, well, and it also shows how uh, how this problem at a, a a large police department can go on, where they actually went to the commissioner's office and complained about this problem and got the attention back in 2007 about the issue, but it actually wasn't fixed. Right. And, and, and also right. There's no guarantee that it's fixed this time either, even if, you know, say, well, we flagged this address and it has to go through the police commissioner at the highest levels in order to get... You know, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. And what, right. what happens if it doesn't? Nothing. The cop gets fired? <laughs> no. 
Well, the commissioner uh, came to their residence with a cheesecake to make them feel better. <laughs> well, you I know, do love cheesecake. That's a nice gesture. It's it's something yes. that they likely would not have normally done. However, would the commissioner have done that had the New York Daily News and whatever other news organizations not stepped in on their behalf? Probably not. No, because they were being watched. When when eyes are being placed upon the police, they're more likely to behave, and that's why having a video camera or having an audio recording device and things like that changes their behavior. And, of course, having a news media organization come down on them changes it even, uh, even further. Uh, so I guess on one hand, it's good that they're making some changes that we'll, we'll have to presume will work until we hear otherwise, which we likely will not just because we're disconnected from the area. We, you know, we'll only hear it if somebody happens to bring it up. Um, but at the same time, it took them a long time to get this level of, uh, of service from the police. And in the meantime, they've been terrified. They've been living in, in, uh, a state of, I think, fear because as right. she said, she doesn't know if her husband's going to have a heart attack next time. And, and the crazy thing about this is presumably, uh, it's all traced to one bureaucrat making a test entry into their database mm-hmm. and thereby causing, you know, years worth of torment for these people. But the other part about it is is interesting that uh, the previous owner had problems with uh, a still unknown person who called the cops on him 30 times for three years starting in 94 uh, and then got one of his friends or relatives to investigate and they thought it was one of the neighbors uh, making complaints against the house. So this isn't the first time that house has uh, run into trouble. Wow. Andrew, thanks for sharing the uh, the extra detail on that story. Any other thoughts for us? Um, no, that, that, you know, keep your, uh, keep your information out of uh, police databases. Oh, if you can, like you say, uh, this just happened to be an, an address they just chose. I wonder, I wonder what the bureaucrat's uh, explanation was for choosing that particular address. Not that you would um, know. It's a, it's a good one. I, I think that they probably could have, you know, maybe used their own address to test it. Yeah, that would have been nice. Like, yeah, one police plaza or whatever the main uh, police headquarters is. Great point. Thanks, Andrew, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And as always, if uh, Walter and Rose Martin don't like the way the police are behaving, well, they can't do anything about it beyond complaining to the news media and, and hope that something is done. You can't complain to the cops. Obviously, they did nothing. They tried complaining to the cops. It didn't work. The New York Daily News had to get involved before anything significant actually occurred. And, and if you don't like what the police are doing, well, too effing bad is typically the, uh, the only option. You've got to keep paying them. If you don't pay them, then they'll steal your home from you. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours for free right there on the front page of the website. So you can go and listen to all the, the Liberty Forum coverage that we did this weekend. We were broadcasting live from there. All of that is available for you and all the way back actually to the beginning of 2009 in our podcast. 
All of it's there at freetalklive.com. Plus, take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. And unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. As we continue here, Matt is in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to throw throw in something. Um, maybe it's a different way of, of looking at this this global warming um, thing. Okay, but sure. It it seems to me that certain people, when arguing about global warming, take the science and kind of turn it into a religion, and they don't seem to be willing to look at other facets of what's going on besides this pure science that they're talking about. And this has happened in the past at a time when uh, knowledge wasn't very readily available to people. The church held a lot of sway over what people believed, and they had their science, too, and their scientists and their scientists would pretty much say what they wanted them to say so that they could keep control of people. And that's more or less been shown what's been going on in, with, with, uh, with global warming. Hence the email debacle and these admissions that are now slowly but surely coming out that a lot of this data has been lies. The, the, the raw data has been lost. They wiped out a lot of the raw data. And when you go back and you look at the the past of the Earth, there were times 450 million years ago, the Earth had 10 times the amount of CO2 that we have now. And it was one of the coldest periods that the Earth had ever suffered. Now, how do you know that? It's in the geologic record. There, you, you take rock samples. You look at you actually, you, and, and actually, when it comes right down to it, we don't know it. We're making a lot of assumptions. You're making a lot of uh, of educated guesses because how can you know what happened 450 million years ago? I studied geology when I was in college. Uh, I had a year of it, and you know, I was I, I'm not a I didn't get a doctorate in it or anything like that. But I did do a little bit of studying. And the fact of the matter is that you can't know. You can only make your best guesses. Hence what Mark said about science never being a consensus is true. There's always going to be some people that are going to go against what most of the scientists say or believe. And sometimes those people are proved right. And it's been fascinating over the past decades in terms of the global warming science, because if you remember back in the 70s, oh, it was global cooling. Well, oh, now we're they, going into an ice age. Now, Scott, who and, uh, Scott, who was on the phone earlier, that was we were talking with him about the uh, the claim of the ice age, and that's what I brought up. He sent an email to a that linked to a website that essentially is skeptical of the skeptics. So it's a pro climate change uh, website. That claims that uh, that's nonsense. That the science was showing back in the 70s that they that they were predicting warming. That uh, the whole ice age thing was a bunch. Uh, you know, it's essentially the media that was sensationalizing uh, something, and that the scientists actually disagreed. 
well, you could have fooled me. Uh, I remember hearing about some one particular scientist who was um, who was actually saying, "Oh no, the globe is warming," and this particular scientist was supposedly poo-pooed by the rest of the scientists. Hmm. Uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, come the uh, I, I believe it was the late '80s, early '90s, this scientist was elevated to uh, uh, very high positions in the science community. And oh, he was right. He was right all along. And you know how convenient, how very convenient that when you're when you when you devise this uh, carbon uh, carbon credits way of of controlling things, that all of a sudden this guy who who, whose ideas would jive with with your ability to control people in such a matter? All of a sudden, he was right all along. Right, and I don't believe the uh, the ice age predictions either. You know, it's all just people speculating based on their observations of uh, data that they believe to be correct as to what the future is going to entail. And that's and that's correct. I mean, one of the things that this guy isn't, or I don't know if he was considering or not, but that he might want to consider if he hasn't already, is that CO2 is a gas that plants use. It's like oxygen. We could not live on this planet if there wasn't any oxygen. Plants could not exist on this planet if there wasn't carbon dioxide. So plants and the Earth system will uh, probably adapt to more carbon dioxide. Maybe they'll start using more carbon dioxide. Kind of in the same way these um, the, the people that live high in the mountains, in the Andes, a lot of them have higher lung capacity because they've adapted to a lack of oxygen. And plants would, would react in the same way. So the Earth does have systems that even if, even if man is producing more CO2, they, they, the Earth has systems that are kind of naturally in place that will counteract that. Yeah, you'll it have health, healthy plants. You know, who could who could right. be a, who could disagree with having healthy plants? I mean, it's a it's a great symbiosis between us and plants. Right, or maybe plants will start growing in higher latitudes than they do now, or yep. or perhaps they'll start growing in, in um, you know greater amounts out in the ocean. You know, there's all kinds of things that that nature does to adapt to changes because the Earth that we live on. It's not a static world. It's always going to be changing. And even if mankind is somehow affecting the, the, the weather and putting out enough CO2 to affect the climate, mankind himself is part of nature. We evolved on this planet. We're as natural as anything else that's on this planet. And to, to, to take that away, uh, it just seems, I don't know, like it's prohibiting us from from acting in certain ways that mankind should naturally act in. We have the natural ability to build things and to make things, and we should use that ability. Uh, and, and that's just as natural as anything else going on on the planet. Thanks, Matt, for the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I trust the marketplace. Uh, I, I think that the market can handle. If there is a problem, and I'm not convinced that there is, if there is some sort of problem, I trust that the marketplace will handle it. And the callers that we're calling tonight, I, I think, will agree with that. Yeah, I think so, too. That's what we found out. It's just like they're trying to get us to come onto their side and, and believe as they do. And for me, I just, I'm not convinced, and I don't really feel like spending the time to convince myself yes. because it's irrelevant to me. There's more coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us, including our bulletin board system where you can get interactive with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Silly nonsense, serious discussions, you'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive. That's bbs, uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Hey, uh, the Free State Project just wrapped up the record-setting 2010 Liberty Forum. Over 500-plus people hanging out, socializing, speechifying, having dinner. Just a great time. Parties. It was a, just an amazing weekend. There's another drumming circle. Two of them. Oh, was there? Yeah. yeah. See, I wasn't there for that those nights. In the hotel room. <laughs> Very That's cool. Great. I should say in the hotel lobby. Yeah, it was in the lobby last year, too. Yeah. So. so it's just an amazing time, amazing group of people. Liberty-minded people are coming together, and they're getting active. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more. In fact, I understand they're going to be posting some videos at some point. I don't know when they're going to start uh, being uh, posted, but at some point you can expect to find videos from the Liberty Forum uh, of the actual speeches and things like that. So that way you can get at least a little taste of what you missed. The Free State Project is now over 10,000 participants, 10,037, as we record this program, uh, broadcast this program tonight. And we need to get to 20,000, so maybe you could be the next one if you aren't yet. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the project, uh, to to get thousands of liberty-minded people all to move to the same place. I was on Facebook today in one of the, the, uh, I guess, a heated conversation uh, on Facebook. Somebody was trying to suggest that it would be a good idea to move uh, the uh, move voluntarists or agorists these kind of outside the system people to Detroit. Yeah, I've heard the same uh, uh, suggestion. I just don't understand it. He said that uh, I guess there's this cat, there's this cat who is I guess one of the more uh, originators of the concept of agorism or working outside the system mm-hmm. Samuel Konkin the 3rd uh it he suggested, well, that's what SEK3 said we should do. And I said, that you know, I don't any, any, care. any movement that uh, lionizes an individual to me is a cult. Um, like the Ayn Rand people? Uh, well, I, you know, you can, you could say what you want. Um, they were at the, they were at the talkers conference. So. You know, and I do find uh, the, you know, I, yeah, Sam Conklin came up with the idea of agorism. He probably I had guess, some really good ideas. But you know. I mean, obviously he didn't come up with the idea of black and gray markets. He just came up with the idea of yeah. setting up alternatives, I guess, to the system for when the system crashes. But the, the Detroit has already crashed, and people are on their way out. I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can set up alternatives. What you need to do is set up alternatives before there's a problem, not when there's a problem. It seems to me to be a really poor idea. And maybe uh, Konkin had some great ideas. I've read some of his work, and you know, okay, cool. You know, set up alternatives, uh, compete with the state. Great, that's all fine. 
Uh, but just because somebody has some good ideas, and Ayn Rand had some good ones too, uh, doesn't mean that they are infallible. Yeah. And I don't think that's what he was suggesting. I, I'm not going to put words into his mouth or anything like that. In fact, I haven't even identified who he is. But uh, nonetheless, the idea of specifically moving liberty, principled liberty-loving people to uh, a place like Detroit seems really bad to me. Because Detroit is in uh, bad shape because it's got huge government. Because the government right. intervention there is tremendous. And his, uh, one of his points was, well, there are areas in Detroit where the police never go. You know, you can move into the ghetto where the police are afraid to, to allegedly uh, go into and you'll never see the police. Well, government is a um, armed gang. I'm sure they've got other armed gangs in, those, in that area where the police won't go. That, that may be the case. But the reason those places are so downtrodden is because of the government's intervention, whether it's controlling business and preventing them from starting or it's taxing uh, people to death and taxing businesses to death. So businesses go out of business. Uh, they're not they're not economically healthy areas. Why would you want to encourage someone to move to a place like that? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't to me. make any sense to me either. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The economy here in New Hampshire is very healthy. It's, in fact, the best in the Northeast, one of the best in the entire country. Could be much better as soon as we can get rid of this pesky property tax up here. Uh, but it's it's one of the lowest taxed places in the country. Well, the amount of bureaucrats per regular people is the lowest in New Hampshire. The, the ratio of bureaucrats to non-bureaucrats, lowest here. And there's 100-plus uh, reasons on the Free State Project's website to move to New Hampshire. Some of them are more of a more political nature. Some of them are just, you know, quality of life. There are a variety of reasons that uh, that New Hampshire was chosen for the Free State Project. One of the major uh, qualifications being low population in the first place. So go learn more at freestateproject.org and come here and join us. I told the guy, hey, good luck there in Detroit. Yeah, that's all you can say. Let us know if how somebody's it works got an out. I- if somebody's got an idea, you cannot pry it out of their head like that. As all you can do is right. let them try whatever yeah. they're going to try. Good luck. And My uh, answers weren't for him. They were for the people reading the thread. Yeah. So I say to uh, to people like that, hey, good luck. Go ahead, move into the ghetto in Detroit, and let us know how it goes. Let us know, uh, you know, how your utopian freedom world uh, comes out. I, I mean, really, if it works out, I'll move to Detroit. <laughs> I think the problem with uh, agorism is that uh, it it probably takes a while to figure it out. Let's go to Eugene, listening to WNMR in Vermont. Eugene, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention about our open-minded tea partiers, and uh, I was wondering if any of you gentlemen saw the news reports today of all the racial epithets they were throwing at the uh, black members of our uh, government. No, I didn't. Didn't see that, huh? I don't watch the news. <laughs> don't watch the news. Didn't no. see that. Well, do you think? You know, are you suggesting that I might have seen it? No, not at okay. all. Okay. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think uh, I think the Tea Party movement is filled with racists and bigots. How's that? Probably true. It may be true. I mean, now, now when, if you say filled, do you what are you are you going to come up with a percentage for me? Yeah, I'd say I'd say twenty five percent of the Tea Party uh, people are racist. Now, do you think a racist? Do you define a racist for me. Somebody who dislikes somebody because somebody of their who color? spits out somebody who spits out a black congressman or calls him a nigger. Well, um, you know, I, that that sounds like a pretty good definition. Um, but yeah, I, don't you think that don't you think that 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 uh, Cong- the Congress critters that uh, decide that people that um, deserve to get jobs because of their color are racist too. Uh, could you repeat that? I didn't don't hear you that think clearly. Don't you think that somebody who passes a law that people should get um, get job preference or uh, scholarship preference or some kind of preference based on their color are racist too? No, not at all. So you think that someone can distinguish um, some yeah, somebody, from somebody based on race and not be racist? Yeah, because there's been terrible to the black people of this country, and uh, 
and uh, we're playing catch up. Said there's been injustice. Well, um, uh, what color am I? What color are you? Yeah. I have no idea. See, um, you know, the but somebody will make a distinction based on me because they can look at they look at me and they'll make they'll decide what my race is and make a distinction based on that. Do you think that's what fair? What race are you? I'm, I I have no race. <laughs> well, that's right. You're opting out. You're opting out. I have so no you're race. Gonna, you're gonna opt out of your uh, your heritage too. Um, I I don't know. I'm adopted. So oh, I don't have a race. Do- I don't have a race, adopted. and you can't prove it. You know what? You're a liar because you ain't adopted to shit. <laughs> oh, we've got to let you go. You can't say that on the radio. Thank you very much. Goodbye. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, had what to get, a bitter man. Had to get rid of him because uh, – can you recap what he said there, Mark? Well, the guy and, said that um, – you know, the, the guy was asking me what race I um, – you know, I was asking – He called you a liar. Right. I told him I didn't – I don't have a race. And he said, are you going to deny your um, – you're denying – that's right. You've opted out of race. And uh, are you going to deny your hair? Heritage too. I said, I don't know what my heritage is. I'm adopted. Um, now, you know, when you get an adopted kid, you get some papers with them. But really, the papers are just what the mom said the heritage was. So how does mom know what the heritage is? The fact is, uh, people Somebody have told her people are of mixed heritages. People jumped across the fence and, you know, went scallywagon, uh, you know, in, in history. You don't know what your race is. You're just speculating as to what your race is. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to call me a liar. And that, um, you know, that that I don't that I know my heritage for, for S or something like that. Yeah. And uh, the fact is, I am adopted, and I, you know, I, <laughs> tell that to your your adopted mother. Right. I mean, what an awful thing to say to somebody you don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. What a bitter, bitter man. And it, clearly, he's all upset about the Tea Party people. And but he he gets to define racism the way he wants to to define it. I define racism as distinguishing um, somebody based on their race, treating them differently as a result. To me, that's racist. That seems like a fair definition. There's no catch up as far as I'm concerned with being black or being white or right. being whatever. Does racism have to involve hate? I have never. I shouldn't be. Uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be discriminated based on my race. I've never done anything to anybody black. I've never discriminated against them in some way that would be harmful to them. Toll free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Only moments remain, but enough time for your calls. Plus, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features there, including uh, the bulletin board system, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the wiki, news updates, and more. It's all free for you. If you want to support the show and help, uh, well, help us pay for the website, among other things, you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. It'll help us get on more radio stations. We can use that money to go to radio uh, industry conventions, do some advertising in places like Talkers Magazine, online on Google and things like that. Oh, one point about the convention from the weekend. Remember last year, Mark, when they were giving one of those tech presentations? Because whenever you get one of these radio conventions, the radio guys are kind of behind the times. So they, they kind of have to have their hand held 
in order to bring them into the world of Twitter and Facebook and the Internet in general. And so the first day usually has just a four-hour block of tech talk and just kind of encouraging these guys to uh, you know, step into the world of the Internet in, in, in a major way. And uh, last year, Mark, you, do you recall when there was one presentation going on, they were talking about Google AdWords, mm-hmm. and they had a, a, a slide up on the uh, the screen for the audience to see? No. Okay. Well, they, at one point, there was somebody who was doing a presentation about AdWords, and they were just kind of talking about how it works and all that. And so they had typed in talk radio into Google to see what would come up. And Free Talk Live was on the Free screen. Free Talk Live was like the second choice on Google AdWords. And I just thought, yes, you know, because that was great. Uh, there were no other shows of any kind of uh, not, any level of visibility in the industry listed there. There were some other shows, but no nobody that would have been attending that particular seminar. This year, it happened again. It wasn't even a presentation about AdWords. It was just a, another tech presentation that happened to include. Uh, it was about. Oh, this one was about the. The heat maps, which is where they uh, in co- college campuses they set up infrared cameras or something like that, that uh, so, or some sort of special camera that that looks at the eyes of the person who's looking at their screen, and based on the position of their eyes, it comes up with what they call a heat map, where it shows on a sample page from the web, like a page of Google results, where people clicked. So depending on where the uh, the clicks were and where their eyes were, mm-hmm. they they determined that uh, most people look at the top left of any given web page. More okay. more often and more likely than anywhere else, if your search result or your banner ad on your website or whatever the content is that you want the most people to see is at the top left. And to to a lesser extent, the second from the top and the third from the top to a lesser extent, and and uh, to the right, a lesser, lesser, lesser. So 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 the heat map gets lighter as it goes to the right, and mm-hmm. it gets lighter as it goes down. That's where you want to put your your most important content. This is what they're trying to explain. So on uh, th- this year, they showed a picture of a heat map, and it was of a Google re- uh, search results for talk radio. Mm-hmm. And again, there was Free Talk Live up there, the uh, the top right corner in the second position. So it was a good thing I turned on Google AdWords a few weeks ago because <laughs> we I'd shut it down for a little while while we were pouring some money into our website redesign. So we're back on Google AdWords. And it's our Free Talk Live listeners, our amplifiers that are helping make this happen. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier, and help get this show on more radio stations, more internet listeners. Amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too. All right, we go to your phone calls. Brett is in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brett. Hey, guys. I just uh, had a question for you real quick. Yeah, what's on your mind? Um well, I got a bunch of uh, Free State Project bookmarks, and I've been trying to come up with ideas, ways to just distribute those around, get them out to people, get the, you know, the word out about the Free State Project. I was just kind of wondering if you, uh, you know, wanted to get your guys' ideas of ways to distribute those to people, any like creative ways or anything bookmarks? like that. How about the library? Yeah, a friend of mine um, actually does this with the uh, Free Talk Live stuff. Is they'll go to uh, the library and look for liberty-minded stuff. I know he uses Terry Goodkind's books. Heinlein. Um, Heinlein. Um, he goes to, you know, obviously look up Rothbard and Mises and, you know, any of that stuff if that happens to be at that library. <laughs> but, a lot of libraries have these these books. Yeah, but if you look, I'm, I'm talking about the nonfiction stuff that seems yeah. less likely. But um, look for liberty-oriented stuff at the at the libraries around and just leave the bookmarks in there. Right, I thought about that, you know, like just maybe at the tables or something, maybe leaving a few in there, maybe like the break room at work or or maybe no, no. like later this spring, I was thinking about, you know, probably having a, a yard sale or something, getting rid of some of my old books, maybe, if, you know, whoever bought a book or whatever, maybe I'd have some of the bookmarks out, maybe hand them to them if they bought a book from That's me. That's a good something. idea, yeah. 
Well, that's that's a much more general thing. The spe- specific thing of finding liberty-oriented books at libraries is much more targeted. It's going to require more work, but it's yeah, you more want targeted. to make sure you get the right prospects, don't you think? Yeah. So yeah, I thought about that. I think I heard I think on some show, maybe it was your show or something the other day, I heard somebody would go around and stick stuff inside books at the library or something like that to get yeah. the word out about whatever they were promoting. Yeah, but specifically liberty-oriented books, not just any old book. Yeah, he, what he's doing is taking Free Talk Live flyers and putting them in Terry Goodkind, uh, you know, books, which, you know, he's an objectivist writer and, and much very along the lines of liberty. And, uh, you know, Robert Heinlein, obviously, Moon is a Harsh Mistress, big big liberty book and things like that. Other option might be to go to some sort of gathering of liberty-oriented people, like a Libertarian Party meeting or a Ron Paul meetup group or something like that. And uh, attempt to, uh, you know, apply your wares to those folks. Okay. Does that help? Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Brett. that helps. Appreciate the call yeah, tonight. Well. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Smokin' Deacon in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I had a little question, and, you know, I call you around the holidays, Mark, to be more specific. And I ask you about the deity of the season. And in this case, it's going to be about Easter, and how how do you think you might be able to explain Easter to Jack when he gets a little bit older, your son? Jeez, I, I would call it, I would say that Easter is a time of uh, rebirth. It's um, you know it, it comes around springtime when uh, the world is is uh, you know beginning to be born again. Um, I I think that uh, you know Easter's been around a lot longer than than Jesus uh, you know was, and I you know yeah, isn't that one of those holidays that the the Christians stole from the pagans or borrowed from I the pagans? Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm glad you brought up Jesus, because I thought maybe you'd skip over that. Most principal people do. They'll skip over Jesus, skip over candy and eggs and all the BS that goes with the holiday, and maybe admire the fact that it might be something good. So it turns out we don't need deities or any other thing to worship but ourselves and the understanding that the uh, true principle and the non-aggression and uh, uh, freedom and love for everybody, that's easy. You don't need a rabbit or a Santa Claus for that. So do you think it's a problem uh, telling uh, telling Jack that uh, a magic bunny dr- leaves candy? It might be. Uh, you might tell him, look, I'm going to invent this fun game. It's a fake bunny who drops magic candy. It'd be just as good as if you told him that it was a real bunny who dropped candy, which I think is what most people believe nowadays, or at least kids. That a real bunny drops candy? Yeah, I think uh, if you if you present a four-year-old with the idea that a bunny's dropping magical rabbit eggs in the backyard, they might actually believe that and... You know, that's just another lie that spreads in the in, in the uh, web of lies that leads to statism and worshipping flags and worshipping all kinds of false idols other than what you really, truly believe in. And That you know sounds what? like a stretch to me, but um, I, I might be convinced that, uh, for one, Jack doesn't eat candy, um, doesn't get, get candy. Oh, he'll start. <laughs> Um, well, he will as soon as he can figure it out, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I don't, I, I shudder at the idea of providing him with a giant basket full of candy. Um, that's 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 not the way we are going to raise Jack. So my um, does eat candy. She loves candy, but she certainly doesn't believe it comes from a magical rabbit. And uh, she likes the idea of Jesus. At least that's what she tells me. But I'm not so sure that she's going to be convinced that. Uh, you know, rabbits bring rebirth is a new season. So I like your Christ. I'm not so sure about your Christians. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, thanks guys, for the thoughts, uh, Smoking Deacon. We appreciate hearing from you. Got to get to uh, Bruce listening in Florida. Bruce, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bruce. 
Bruce, oh, we dropped the deacon. Bruce dropped off before we could get to him. What are you going to do? That's how it goes. 800-259-9231. You know, the guy that called uh, in the last segment, uh, you know. Eugene? Uh, yeah, he was so upset about the the, the Tea Partiers ra- yelling racial epithets at uh, congressmen. And I, I don't, he, he was asking me about whether I had seen it and you uh, about whether you'd seen this. And we hadn't seen it. I, I don't sit around watching cable news channels all day. Um, you know, people may think that that's how I spend my day. I spend I my day you- looking for advertising. Advertisers for Free Talk Live. If I saw that in person, because I've been to a couple of these things just so I could get up and speak and inject a true freedom message into it. Yeah. Uh, but if I actually saw that in person, I would have some words with those people. And, and I think another thing that needs That's to be pointed despicable. out is when um, you know when these events go on. The sometimes government will put infiltrators um, That's in, true. around, and it may very well have been that some, it was these infiltrators doing that. I, speculation. It, it's, it is speculation. I mean, all there is is video, and you know, it's it's difficult to say, but there's been there's it's been proven that the government puts infiltrators in these organizations. They put them in organizations like the Quakers. You know, I actually had a story about that, and maybe we'll get to it later on uh, in the week, but or maybe we won't. Uh, the New York, ABC New York, excuse me, NBC New York reporting that, uh, you remember those guys that were busted in New York for allegedly planning to bomb some synagogues? Yeah. Well, they're saying that, uh, indeed, they were pushed into it by the FBI's uh, or the Fed's informant. Every time. That they essentially, they basically ginned them up into uh, the idea of doing this. Very. It doesn't surprise yeah. me, I guess, is how I'd like to react. To All right. Speaking of time, we're out of it. See you tomorrow night. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us tomorrow night, same time, same place, online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and um, this is Mark Edgington with you, and I've got with me today Key. Now, Key, uh, you're, a, you're a friend of the show, an amplifier, and um, you've been listening to the show a long time, and you set up a business, kind of a uh, an alternative monetary business of your own, where you uh, have made essentially silver currency that you intend to have used by local businesses um, where you are in the Delaware Valley. Key? Yes, um, <laughs> yes, I, I did. I, I set up um, a, a, a system where people can trade in silver tokens, one ounce and half ounce, and actually we're just putting out a quarter ounce really soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to enable people to actually trade value for value and get out of the Federal Reserve System opt-out, so to speak. And, um, you know, it, how's, and how's it going in the Delaware Valley? How many businesses do you have on board? or uh, You know, how's that going? We have eight businesses trading with Del Valley Silver in the Delaware Valley area. Mm-hmm. And recently we... Um, had two members join from, or merchants join from uh, New Hampshire, Concord. So we are you're, you're expanding. expanding, yeah. I'm really happy about that, yeah. So, um, in New Hampshire, we have a brewer and a bookstore. Cool. Now, um, they're going to so take... That's a good combination, right? Yeah. They're, so um, when the silver token, so one ounce silver token, how much is that worth? A one ounce silver token is sold at a dollar fifty above the market price. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
It's approximately going for $18.50 right now. Okay. Now, how do you manage to sell a, uh, an ounce of silver for eighteen fifty and still make money? I'm not trying to make a lot of money. I'm mm-hmm. trying to break even. I want the silver to get out there. I want people to have access to it and be able to trade it. Mm-hmm. So in my model, I also have to have the silver inexpensive enough for people to afford it and for the businesses to be able to uh, give a coupon value or an added benefit to the consumer for using Dell Valley Silver. Mm-hmm. So my model doesn't allow me to make any or much money on the silver. I, I try to break even. Maybe I get ahead a little bit. But it's the merchant support that um, actually keeps the company running. So um, it it sounds it, it sounds like something that's really great, and if it was uh, you know going on in, in my area, I certainly would be on board with it. Now, and I guess you're setting up sort of franchises, or I mean, it's obviously expanding. How does one, uh, I, you know, did I hear you correctly when you're saying you were gonna try to you know make it so the model was replicatable? Yes. Um. What, what I'm looking for is volunteers who want to set up their own little hubs in their community. Mm-hmm. And as a hub, I, I suggest six to eight merchants in, in your area, mm-hmm. which gives it, it broad enough to start circulating the silver from one to another. And in order to do that, I pay four ounces of silver for each merchant that joins the network. So you get compensated for your efforts. And whenever the business signs up for additional years, the hub master, which I'm calling it, uh, receives one ounce of silver for each merchant that stays in the network. So it has a residual income as well. Now, um, the uh, that clearly sounds good. Does the um, now is, are you going to call them in different areas? Are you still going to call it Dell Valley Silver, or are you going to change the name? I mean, is it going to be different names? Because I'm just wondering if the Dell Valley Silver will translate to places that aren't in the Delaware Valley. For right now, we're working with the Dell Del okay. Valley Silver name. It's certainly not and unusual for uh, companies to call themselves, um, you know, names, the New York Hair Company, uh, Boston Pizza. You know, th- I mean, com- companies do that, so it, it may very well. Right. Well, I originally, I originally started this just for the Delaware Valley mm-hmm. area, but with market demand, um, I'm not going to say no if other areas want to participate. Right. It's a model, really, that works everywhere. It's not something that's just that has to be done here. So um, it now the, the so the 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 hub master that would be whomever's listening to this radio show and then wants to be involved, right? They get they get four ounces of silver for every business. They get to say yes, we'll trade um, uh, you know a silver you know silver ounces for in exchange for twenty dollars. Is that right? Yes. Well, specifically the merchants have to um, join, become a member of Dell Valley Silver. Mm-hmm. And that is a commitment of 10 ounces of silver for a yearly membership. Okay. It's more of an advertising expense. And um, businesses can also recruit other businesses and take advantage of the referral fee of four ounces of silver as well. Okay, so they'd, they'd be their own little hub masters themselves. Great. Hub master is just a term that I came up with because they would pretty much be the one who facilitates the trade between the six or eight merchants that they have under them. Mm -hmm. And they can expand, and it can be more than one 
hub master in an area, there's plenty of businesses to go around. Right. So the opportunities are, are endless. Yeah, I would think that, uh, you know, it, it seems like, obviously, uh, you know, you have to get a business to sign on for something, 10 ounces of silver, which is, you know, about 20 bucks, or excuse me, about 200 bucks. Um, so, you know, they'd they'd have to come on board, but I think that once you can get them, and if you can convince them that it, it's worth it to them, and I think that it would be worth it to, to many of them, to take the silver and, um, you know, the people in their areas uh, would be interested in trading at it, it it seems to me like it would be something that would work. Um what do how how would people get involved? How would you know? Obviously, they can you know, they need to talk to businesses in their area. But how do they um, transition with you? They can either email me at Karen at DellValleySilver dot com. That's D E L ValleySilver dot com, or they can call me. My phone number is area code two one five nine zero four. Wait, I'm just confusing my my. My phone number. <laughs> I don't use it very often. People usually call me. Um, that makes sense. Two one five eight zero four ninety ninety two. So say it one more time. That's it. Say it one more time. Two one five eight zero four nine zero nine two. Okay. Now, um, and I'm I'm trying to get a a clear picture. Just to, just I'm going to run down it again, kind of the the way it works, um, so that uh, I'm clear on it. If I were to get one business or several businesses in my area um, to accept Dell Valley Silver, then um, it would I would earn what four four ounces of silver you said in order for every business that I signed up. And that's correct. Okay, yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and then uh, the business would pay ten ounces of silver, so essentially I get forty percent of that. And um, then I would be able to use Dell Valley Silver with that business, and you know, so would my friends and, and, you know, their friends. And so I can see why that would be a, a huge advantage, especially for people like me that like enjoy buying and selling, selling in silver. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of honestly of silver than I am of, of gold. Um, and then, so I just would go to the small businesses that I do business with in, in the local area, in my area, it's keen and talk to them about taking it. Right. That's correct. That's really all there is to it. Um, what's the advantage for the merchant? The advantage for the merchant is, first of all, free advertising on the site. Okay. And it's it's targeted advertising because the people who join Dell Valley Silver as a consumer member, which is free, are looking to trade their their silver rounds. Mm-hmm. So these are people who who um, will be coming to their business without any effort on their part. And also, when I'm at when I am promoting my business, I also promote my merchants when I go there as well. Mm-hmm. So that I, the more exposure, the bigger we get, the the more exposure that my merchants will get as well. Makes perfectly good sense. All right. Well, um, let's give that uh, email address one more time, Key, and I thanks and thanks for the uh, explaining to my listeners. Sure. Um, my email address is Karen. K-A-R-E-N at DellValleySilver.com. And you're kind of a, you're kind of a free talk live success story since you're a, a listener and you've decided to open your own uh, little agorist business, and uh, I, I, I'm so glad. I love free talk live. It's the best, <laughs> best station out there. Thanks, Key. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother... 
comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools and the political parasites, leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. 